Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Tell me, tell, me when I'm, tell, tell me when we are live so I can get my teeth fitted properly. We're live, Sally. Thank you very much. <clears throat> Good afternoon and welcome on this absolutely lovely afternoon and day to attending Uttlesford District Council Planning Committee, um, sorry, Virtual Committee meeting. And also to anybody listening in on the broadcast. I'll start by running through how I intend to run today's committee. You may not be in the council chamber, but may I ask you all to either turn off your mobile phones or at least put them on silent. Thank you. Virtual meetings are a new experience for many of us, but public meetings such as this committee are business as usual. Therefore, it is important that we continue to conduct ourselves in an orderly and professional manner. As you would imagine, there are regulations governing virtual meetings that state you must be able to hear and be heard. Therefore, I will shortly ask our Democratic Service Officer, Services Officer, Chris Gibson, to take a register so that those listening will know who is present today. As a reminder, please keep yourself on mute at all times when not speaking. This should prevent undue distraction from background noise. Mr Gibson, if you could call the register, please. Thank you, Chair. If you could please indicate you're present when I call your name by unmuting yourself. Um, and we'll start with Councillor Bagnall. Present. Councillor Caton. Present. Councillor Fairhurst. Present. Councillor Freeman. Present. Councillor LeCount. Present. Councillor Lemon. Present. Councillor Lachlan. Present. Councillor Merrifield. Present. Councillor Pavitt. Present. Councillor Reeve. Present. Councillor Storer. Present. Councillor Sutton. Present. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hmm. Is that much sure if that's me? Let me just put that down. Right. So, also, for the benefits of those listening, um, the officers we have today are from planning, Mr. Nigel Brown, the development manager, and two of his, and sorry, three of his team, Mr. Clive Theobald, Ms. Karen Denmark, and, and you, Mr. Avianos Biakos. Well, I hope I've pronounced that correctly. Um, we also have from Democratic Services, Mr. Ben Ferguson, Mr. Alistair Bushell, and Mr. Chris, Mr. Chris Gibson, and our legal officer, Ms. Elizabeth Smith. As with all planning committees, our council officers have prepared reports on each of the planning applications before us today, and have recommended whether each particular application should be either approved or refused. It is, however, for the planning committee members to assess the application and to make the final decision. Today, we have four applications to consider. 
For each application, I'll ask the relevant officer to give a short presentation on the proposal, which will appear on our screens outlining the reasons for their recommendation. I will then invite those of you who have registered to speak on the particular application to present your views. The applicant will then be given the opportunity to speak to their proposal and address any issues that have come up from other speakers or the officer's report. Once we've gone through this, I will then open up the discussion to the planning committee members to make their points on the matter, to ask relevant questions of the officers before asking them to make a decision on the application. With the proposal to vote on whether the application should be approved, refused or deferred. With the exception of the vice chair, please do not speak unless I ask you to do so. To indicate that you wish to speak, please, please raise the blue hand next to your name on the white participants column on the right of your screen. This will indicate you wish to speak to myself and Councillor Lemon, the vice chair. I will take each request in order and will not accept anyone speaking out of turn unless raising a point of order and only if valid. If not, you will be asked to raise your blue hand. Please only use the chat function at the bottom of the screen should you have to give apologies to leave the meeting part of the way through or on your return. Before we go to the first application, we need to take any apologies for absence and then take declarations of interest. Well, I think Ben, um, Chris, we had our full complement of um, the committee. So can I take declarations of interest, please? Councillor Fairhurst. Declaration of interest is a member of the Town Council. Councillor Fairhurst, can you unmute again? Yes, Saffron Walden Town Council. Hang on. I don't think you're unmuted. I am now. He is unmuted. Am I, is it me? Sorry, can anyone else hear me? If it helps, I, I, no, I, think it have been, I think it might have been mine. Sorry. Um, thank you, Councillor Fairhurst. Anybody else? No, I think I have um, I have to declare an interest. Um, I'm the ward member for Felsted and Stebbing for um, agenda item, um, the first application. And for the second application, um, I am um, friends with the applicant of, the, of one of the objectors um, for the application on the second of the depot. So that's the declaration of interest for that one. Okay. Thank you. Moving on, um, we have to agree the minutes of the previous committee meeting. Are we all content that they are accurate? Yeah. Like a wave of hands for everybody, please. Are everybody content? Yes. Thank you very much. I will sign them as and when I can get to them. Thank you very much. So moving on, thank you. Let's move on to agenda item three, the first application, and I will just get the number. Thank you. That is UTT 182508 Outline Planning Permission, land west of Berry Farm, Station Road, Felsted. And that's Clive Theobald, who is presenting this application. So um, thank you very much. Handing over to you, Clive. Thank you, Chair. Do we have the other people? Okay, can we all see the PowerPoint presentation? Yes.
Okay. This outline application proposal, with all matters reserved, with the exception of access, relates to a mixed-use development comprising a new doctor's surgery to serve Felsted Village and Village Green as a local infrastructure delivery project, together with enabling market housing comprising 38 new market dwellings with the provision of two new access points being created from Station Road. Um, just some housekeeping matters before I go in to describe the proposal in detail. Um, first of all, there has been a SUP rep letter which has been received um, yesterday from Felsted Parish Council in which they state that since their original objection to this application proposal, that they have reappraised their objection following the completion of the Felsted Neighbourhood Plan, its approval at referendum, and now as a made document within the development plan, whereby they state that the proposed surgery at Bowie Farm is aligned with and delivers the community facilities identified within policies Felsted BA1 and Felsted HN3 of the Neighbourhood Plan and therefore has their support, whereby they additionally state that they recognise that the existing Felsted surgery is unlikely to remain viable between three and five years, given its current size and with its level of current facilities, notwithstanding that they recognise that the existing surgery is identified at present as a valued amenity for the village. Secondly, on the heads of terms for the section 106 agreement, members will be aware from yesterday's chairman's briefing that the applicant's agent has indicated to the council since the completion of the officer's report that the financial viability assessment exercise, which was undertaken by the council for the surgery proposal, was assessed on the basis of whether the scheme could provide an element of affordable housing where none was for the application. As such, the agent has confirmed that the scheme would become unviable were the applicant to have to pay for both the requested NHS financial contribution of £14,973 towards health care and also the requested education combined financial contribution of £233,786 towards early years in childcare and primary education, as required by the Section 106 Agreement for the Officer Report in front of you. This is partly on the basis that a commuted sum towards NHS healthcare would, in effect, serve as doubling up on the applicant's financial liabilities for healthcare, given that a new NHS healthcare surgery is being provided at this site. Officers have accepted the applicant's position on this issue and are therefore requesting to members that the heads of terms with Section 106 agreement, as set out in the report, are changed so that these requested financial contributions are not sought by the Council, thereby leaving applicant costs for the delivery of the surgery itself and the commuted sum towards affordable housing should on-site provision be not provided. So they are the two housekeeping matters. Location. 
Now, the site comprises a large parcel of gently sloping agricultural land, currently set grass, consisting of 4.2 hectares, as you can see on the land edged red, which lies on the north and east side of Station Road on the inside of a gradual bend between the end of Felsted Village and Fitz Green. Further agricultural land lies to immediate north, whilst a continuous ribbon of dwellings lines Station Road opposite the site, extending down and round towards the Felsted Treatment Works. A continuous native hedgerow runs parallel with the site frontage, or its entire length along Station Road, and a public footpath, number 15, runs along the northern boundary of the site as an angle from Station Road across the Bow Farm to the east and beyond. And you can see from the cursor, it's from there, extending through to there. The site lies within the 30 miles per hour speed limit restriction zone along Station Road before the 40 miles per hour speed limit towards Lich Green. I'll just show you, you saw these photographs yesterday. Uh, this is looking east across the site towards Bowie Farm. This is looking southeastwards along to the top end of Station Road with houses um, on the other side. This is looking northwestwards um, out of the settlement towards Fitch Green. You can see there the uh, 40 mile per hour speed limit. And that is looking back up Station Road uh, towards the top end of Station Road with the site on the left hand side. As you can see, there is this hedgerow along the road. Now, site layout, as you can see here, uh, this is for indicative purpose only, given that this is an outline application in principle. And you can see down here in the southeast corner of the site, a zoned area uh, patched in blue, which would be the proposed surgery siting, although the actual uh, footprint indication um, has not yet been fixed. And also the proposed buffer zone for the housing development and the surgery to the north the site hatched in green, which is here. Uh, and members asked about what this was yesterday. Uh, I can confirm this is a proposed SUDS attenuation basin for the scheme, which is in the uh, lowest corner of the site. Uh, and this wiggly line here, I have sought clarification from the applicant's agent yesterday uh, after councillor raised uh, this. And I've been informed that this is, is in fact uh, uh, a ditch which would run into the attenuation pond uh, where the uh, sites would be subject to a maintenance agreement. A mix of market housing units is shown for this scheme as you can see, although it should be emphasised that the housing now is shown for indicative purposes only. The two access points, which is here and here. Uh, this is the uh, southeastern access point. It's not very clear but hopefully you can pick up just about the uh, site's blaze for that and the corresponding one for the western end of the site where the existing bus stop on this side would have to be relocated uh, with a footpath terminating to here. So as mentioned, this outline application seeks uh, permission principle for the doctor's surgery. And in terms of planning merits of the scheme, the benefits of providing a new doctor's surgery for the residents of Felsted as a local infrastructure scheme with enabling housing to facilitate the development at this Greenfield location on the western edge of the sustainable settlement 
where the medical need has been set out clearly in the May 1st medical plan and as reflected and set out in the officer report in front of you, where uh, the uh, benefits must be weighed against any adverse effects which may arise from this proposal. It is considered after applying the relevant weight to the benefits of this scheme against the adverse effects, including environmental impacts, that the tilted planning balance is engaged in favour of development in accordance with the provisions of the NPPF taken as a whole, and when considered against the relevant policies of the adopted local plan and the made Elstead local plan. As such, the principle of a new surgery with enabling housing at this site is considered by your officers to be acceptable in principle, subject to the applicant entering into an appropriate Section 106 agreement as modified, whilst the proposed legal access arrangements are also considered acceptable. It is therefore recommended, Chair, that the application be approved, subject to a Section 106 agreement, and compliance with the planning conditions as set out at the back of the officer report. Thank you. Thank you very much, Clive. We have one speaker for this application, and that's Councillor Ram from Felsted Parish Council. Um, Councillor Ram? Chair, sure, thank you. Uh, can I just check before I waffle on that you can hear me? Okay, good. Thank you. Good afternoon. Uh, Chair, th thank you for the opportunity to contribute to this session of the committee. I was for five years the chairman of the Felstead Neighbourhood Plan Steering Group, and I'm now a Felstead Parish Councillor and a member of the Felstead Parish Council Planning Committee. By way of a very brief reminder, on January the 30th, a referendum was held by UDC's Democratic Services Department on the Felstead Neighbourhood Plan. The development of the Berry Farm site, subject to this application, and the delivery of a new doctor's surgery for Felsted was one of two fundamental components of the plan. Together, these two proposed developments contribute 63 homes to the UDC housing supply. 91% of residents who voted supported the plan. As councillors will recall, following the successful outcome of the referendum, on February 25th, the plan was brought before the council. We're pleased and proud to say it was made by a unanimous vote of the full council. So it's right to say that this proposal, through its inclusion in the Felstead Neighbourhood Plan, has already enjoyed significant support at both parish and district levels. This planning application is now the first element of the plan to come before this planning committee. The proposed site contributes a total of 38 dwellings towards the UDC five-year housing supply and includes a, five, includes a further five affordable homes. Together with the 39 affordable homes already approved within Felsted in the last 12 months, the total of affordable homes approved in the parish is 44. And I can out give you details of where they all come from if, the, if uh, members so wish. The agreed viability assessment of this application results in a reduction in the normal affordable housing requirement so that the proportion become enabling housing to support the provision of a new, modern, larger and much needed doctor's surgery and dispensary. The application before you today delivers a new surgery and a dispensary, a, crit a critical community asset for Felstead and for the wider community. 
As confirmed in the officer's report, this is fully supported by the West Essex Clinical Commissioning Group, who only two weeks ago reaffirmed that this surgery supports its wider strategy of providing further general practice capacity for Great Dunmo. The West Essex Clinical Commissioning Group expressed their understanding that because this surgery is an important part of the made neighbourhood plan, it is their expectation that it will be delivered in a timely fashion. That is also our expectation, and it is particularly important for the age, older age demographic in Felstead. Indeed, the events of the last eight weeks in the continuing COVID-19 crisis have only served to underscore the importance of this new facility for our community. The Felstead Neighbourhood Plan would not have supported this application without the full support of the West Essex Clinical Commissioning Group. I think it's worth adding, Chair, that the majority of those objecting argue that they prefer the site of the existing doctor's surgery. We understand that not everyone supports change, but quite simply, the practice and the West Essex Clinical Commissioning Group have confirmed that the existing surgery building does not and cannot meet 21st century medical facility standards. And development on the existing very limited site within the conservation area is not possible. Without this development, Felstead will lose its doctor's surgery. I should for clarity add that the green buffer area on the western edge of the site that Mr Theobald has just been describing to you will be gifted to and maintained by the parish. This will enable the parish to prevent further development creep westwards while also making a welcome contribution to public open space. Finally, the initial concerns about vehicular access which caused the parish council to make its initial objection have been resolved to both the parish council and Essex Highway satisfaction. And on this basis, Chair, Felsys Parish Council support and commend this scheme to you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor Ram. Thank you. Um, since we have no other speakers, um, I'll open that up to the committee. So um, the first one I see is uh, Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Yes, this is an interesting one. Um, first of all, the as you know, I have a particular um, um, bugbear about supplementary regs um, but in this case the, the reason for it was to undertake a viability assessment which seems to be very important at the time um, and I would like to stress that this is an exceptional opportunity not one that I would always encourage. Um, on the question of the, of, the, of the affordable this is an outline application as I understand it we therefore do not discuss the layout of the, of the, of the, of the properties but the worrying word I have is that the, the, the um, 106 will include a robust proportion of, 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 of payment or compensation if we don't have affordable houses. Um, I was given to understand there would be five affordables. Um, and if it's an outline, is there something going to change? I would like to, to feel that at least we will get these affordables, not some accommodation or some compensation. That's the first thing. Um, the second thing, as I asked yesterday, was the question of the buffer zone. Um, for me, it's very easy to say it's a buffer zone and it's going to be a green space. But unless ownership is prescribed in some way and it's defined, they come down. Somebody comes back later in a couple of years and says, "No, I'd like to build on that space." So, I'd like, in some way, to know how we can protect that buffer zone through ownership or some sort of control. If we can achieve all those things, it provides a, a much-needed surgery and, and much-needed uh, uh, um, dwellings. 
provided they are affordable. So could I get a response on that from the officers before I would propose? Go ahead. Uh, yes, uh, Councillor, you, you can. Um, as, as it stands, the, the Section 106 um, doesn't make specific um, reference to the, the buffer zone. But if I'm thinking what you're thinking, that there should be some kind of public open space mechanism um, as an additional Section 106 heads of terms to secure the buffer zone in terms of future ownership and maintenance, then I'm quite happy that, uh, to um, uh, alleviate your concerns with regard to future um, implementation of that as a fundamental part of this uh, infrastructure scheme. But uh, we could, if it's uh, appropriate, insert an additional heads of terms um, stating that there shall be a public open space agreement through the Section 6 mechanism uh, with the ownership and conveyancing uh, to the appropriate uh, party, as um, uh, Mr. Ram has mentioned uh, it would do, um, if permission is granted for the scheme. Could I just, sorry, sorry, sorry Clive, could I just correct you there? Because you've already put that on as a clause on the 106 anyway. Oh, is there, is it? Clause three of the proposed 106 is a requirement that prior to the first occupation of any open market dwelling on the lap. community trust because obviously that's another option it's a public responsible body that would hold it in intimate so i think you've already done it clive i don't yeah. think you need to do anything no, i think you're right <laughs> <laughs> it's in there yeah but we need to make sure that land covers all the land that we're talking about that's all the main most important issue that it doesn't just cover the open space it also covers the buffer and the landscaping and stuff as well i think that's what we need to ensure i'm going to you uh it's easy enough to do that by reference. Yeah. Yeah. I think, Madam Chairman, can, can I just report that I'm getting messages that says that the audio is saying we're adjourned at the moment. So it's not being broadcast. Sorry, Chair. Um, yeah, Councillor Dean emailed me the same message, but I was listening to the broadcast live myself and I can confirm there was no message. The only time the... Um, pre-recorded message uh, that the meeting is being adjourned was at the very, very start of the meeting. So pre-2pm, we had that uh, message on. But otherwise, I can confirm via my headphones that the, the recording is ongoing. Thank you, Chair. probably needs to refresh his screen. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Caton. Councillor Fairhurst, um, had you something else, or are you content now? Yes, Madam Chair, that's, that's the one part. The second part was the question around whether we actually get the affordable homes or whether this can somehow be um, um, removed. No, no, sorry, sorry, Clive, just talking about while I'm on a roll. The requirement is, um, and we have to do an either-or situation, the preference will always be that the... Because obviously this is not, it's not submitted by a developer. When a developer picks it up, our preference will be that five dwellings will be provided as part of the layout. That will always be our preference. But when we're in a position where it hasn't been provided, if, for instance, five isn't, I'm not saying that will be the plan, then the community sum is the... That always is the case. It always is the case where you've got affordable housing, 
the preference is on-site provision. And usually, if it's one or one or two, that can often cause a problem. Five doesn't often cause a problem. So we will start from the very beginning, pushing that five. But that will come its way. The 22 houses as reserve matters will find its way to committee anyway to ensure that that, that, is, that is ensured. Thank you, Madam okay. Chairman. I was just, it was just concerned because we adjusted the, the viability assessments and so these things can get lost. Otherwise, I'm very happy with this and I would propose that we accept. Well, okay, but I've got, we've got a lot of people coming in behind you, so we'll just leave it just now. Thank you. Um, Council account. Thank That's you very much, Chair. Um, I've read this many, many times, and I must say that I'm quite impressed. If this is something that goes forward when we start looking at the local plan and we get lots more like this, then I'm going to be a very happy bunny because basically I think it's a very, very good scheme. And I think that, you know, we can find all sorts of reasons to actually turn it down or even question it. But in my view, I think it's absolutely perfect and well done Clive I think you've done an excellent job and your and your team so yes I'll I would put forward a proposal to to accept this okay thank you um as I say we've still got some people to speak so um, I'm gonna let them speak but quick um succinctly please Councillor Bagnall uh, thank you chair <clears throat> uh, a couple of questions for Mr Theobald um, you mentioned about the, the 106 monies and, and the provision uh, in the 106 um, was going to be taken away because of the build of the uh, health facilities. Could you explain that again for me? Because I didn't quite understand it. So I've looked at various numbers in the report, but I couldn't quite uh, add them up. Um, yes, sure. Uh, we, we, well, without sort of... Um, blinding um, members too much with uh, the science behind it. Uh, the, the original financial viability assessment, uh, which was carried out by us, uh, or rather uh, the exercise um, against uh, the submission by the, uh, the applicant, um, uh, it, it didn't take into account what could have been as community sums by um, NHS healthcare. Uh, and also uh, for education. And so uh, what we did, we, we looked at it purely on the basis of whether or not it could deliver affordable housing. Um, now, because affordable housing is not actually um, within the scheme as per the application submission. Uh, now, uh, if you want the figures, uh, as I mentioned in my introduction um, the and as you'll see from the report uh, it mentions um, on the NHS healthcare uh, consultation response at paragraph 5.4 a developer contribution will be required to mitigate the impact of this proposal West Essex CCG calculates the level of contribution required and this needs to be 14,000 £973 by way of a um, community sum. As I say, uh, for this particular proposal, as it is providing a, a so-called smart hub surgery on the site, um, it, it, it's not appropriate in this instance to effectively double up on the applicant's uh, financial uh, liabilities if um, uh, it is paying for the delivery uh, and the construction costs of the site itself. 
Um, now, that, that uh, leaves the issue of uh, whether, uh, as it's been found by the calculation process with our external um, independent financial consultants, that it, it, it calculates after you take everything into account regarding benchmark values, uplifting the value of the land, how you calculate uh, the uh, you know the formula, what methodology, etc. Um, as I've mentioned in the um, conclusion of my report, um, they have confirmed that the residual values um, arising do equate to um, the equivalent of five um, affordable units, or if you like, it can be the sum, which we don't particularly want, of 461,126. Um, Therefore, uh, members have to decide, uh, and I think possibly they have, but I can't, uh, that's not for me to say, if we um, through the sums, uh, then it's got to be either education or affordable housing on the site. And officers uh, would want to see affordable housing delivered on the site if it means in this particular instance that uh, sums to education all the way. Well, thanks for that. But, uh, I mean, that's quite a long answer, actually. So when I look through the report, I've got 60,000 for early years, and I've got 174,000 for primary. I've got nothing in the report for secondary. There's so nothing for secondary, no, there's nothing for so secondary education on this particular scheme. Um, right. So what you're saying is we, we won't get the 234 for early years and primary and we won't get the 14 or near enough 15,000 for health. Instead, they will build the health centre and they will provide five affordable houses. That is correct. Okay, so, so my only other question would be is, um, is a bit... Uh, I'm trying to understand how they could calculate that if they haven't yet determined the size of the health centre. So without determining the size of that, it's difficult to know the cost of that and therefore how that relates to the other costs. I'll, I'll hold you there. Uh, and the only other question after that would be, why only five affordable houses? Um, right, well, in, in, in terms of the bill costs, um, clearly uh, that's subject to... Um, uh, further consideration and uh, uh, human. Um, I was given a figure at the very beginning of this process, uh, which was put into the financial viability assessment. Um, I can't confirm this, but a figure of around about 1.2 million was uh, suggested would be the build and delivery costs. Uh, now, the uh, appraisal that we had done um, it showed that uh, after all the calculations which were done, um, that, uh, well, I mean, I, I could say this, for example, the, the inclusion of the doctor's surgery would reduce the surplus to 2 million, uh, etc., which again could be converted to a land payment figure of 2 million plus, and it goes about what is existing use value and what is the benchmark land value. So without, say, confusing things, for you, um, uh, they have confirmed that um, based upon the information that was supplied by the applicant, and we did go back to them on at least two occasions to make sure uh, that all the figures were correct. And uh, as I say, it's been predicated on the basis that uh, 
um, we were given certain values for the bill costs, um, and uh, it was based on that assumption. Okay, uh, going back to the five, why only five? Uh, why five? Because that, if you take out all the, um, the expenditure items for the surgery bill costs, you get a residual value um, whereby that residual value equates based upon uh, the estimated cost of an affordable housing unit of um, five units, and that's equivalent to 13.5% um, affordable housing provision, uh, where obviously um, that provision on this site is, is reduced because of the applicant's financial responsibilities right. for delivering okay. surgery. So is there anything we can put into the uh, conditions that means anybody that purchases this site, once it's got permission, actually is, is uh, obliged to build that health facility? Right, I would, that's a very good question, uh, councillor, because that was the very question that I had at the very beginning of the process in terms of how, how we actually get this infrastructure project delivered for the site. Obviously, you've heard um, uh, Mr. Ram describe uh, how it may be delivered, but um, that is where I would like to be sure that through the Section 1 and 6 mechanism or by condition, we can actually secure that. Now, uh, you've obviously got third parties involved here, um, and I'll, you know, I might have to sort of put you through to um, uh, Nigel Brown or indeed our sister to make further okay. comment on this. Thank you. Nigel or Elizabeth, which one? I'll come in. I think, I think the issue is we've got two scenarios here. We're either they're either going to build the surgery or they're going to give the money to build the surgery. I would suggest it's more likely to be the latter. Um, and, uh, and so therefore, and then you will see that the clause, clause one on the suggested one of sixes is deliver the doctor's surgery whereby the surgery shall be constructed in available proportion on equal or um, amount equal to the proposed construction costs of the surgery as agreed with the UDC, WECCG, Felsey Parish Council, Felsey Community Council, all money has been used to meet the cost of construction of surgery within two years of the money, which basically constrains any development until, so once we have a, a surgery coming forward, because don't forget there will be a reserve matters application which covers the surgery as well, that will have to come forward as well. So the bottom line is, once we know the surgery, whether it's going to be built by the developer, if it's been built by the developer, then we can constrain how much, this is all down to the legalities of how the 106 comes out. But the first issue, first scenario is they're building the surgery, so therefore we will constrain any occupation of the houses. If they aren't going to build the surgery and they're going to put the money across, the money's paid across, and we have then, uh, as an organisation, or those organisations that are part of the 106, are then obliged to spend the money within two years. Because obviously you cannot constrain the thing developer if he's out of his control. If his control is just he needs to spend money, he needs to spend money, and then it's brought forward. And that's how it will work out in terms of the 106 legality. Yeah, that's correct, Madam Chair. The only thing over which the council obviously has no control is that the landowner ultimately decides to do nothing. If they should hypothetically decide to do nothing, then unfortunately there is nothing we can do to compel them. Yes. Okay. You, mean not you, won't get, you won't get any houses in that basis as well. So nothing will happen. Absolutely nothing will happen. That's what I was meaning. Okay, Councillor Bagnall, um, I'm going to move on. Okay. Sorry, I wanted to come back up on that, Chair. Just 
Just well, I'm going to do this very quickly because we're spending a lot of time here and there is about six people, five people behind you. Okay. Can say something very quickly. I think it's, it's important because it's all very well a developer giving us some money, but how do we get a, a health centre built if someone gives us the money? What's, what's the cost to the council trying to build it? So I do think it's an important point and we need to cover it in some way. Um, can I just, um, with the community... He trust if with that. Could I just go back to Ms. Um, Councillor Ram, please? You'll have to unmute. Can somebody unmute him? Apologies. Chair, that, that's always been the intention of the First Amendment Plan Steering Group that the, um, the, 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 the Felstead Community Trust would, if the developer did not build uh, or did not want to build, the Felstead Community Trust would commission that the building of that surgery using the funds supplied by the developer. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay, moving on. Um, Councillor Pavitt. Thank you, Chair. Um, and thank you to Councillor Bagnall for going into that degree of detail. Uh, it was worth going through that process. Um, I... I used to live directly opposite this site on, on the apex corner. Um, I doubt uh, last time I was up there, nothing changed much in terms of the road geography and topology. And this is just a, a small point. I know this is an indicative plan, but where the pedestrian crossing is shown is just where the, the wide boys love to accelerate down the hill. And it makes me very, very nervous the idea of children or uh, uh, you know elderly adult stepping out into the road on the pedestrian crossing and around the corner comes a fast boy. Um, it, as I, I presume this is only indicative and maybe Councillor Ram and his colleagues will be taking a closer look at it but having lived on that road I, I, it's a dangerous spot that. Um, another quick one was there is a biodiversity enhancement strategy required. Um, I presume that it hasn't been received yet since it's not mentioned. Um, and for, for, for Mr. Theobald, when it is received, who will be making a judgment on that? Does it go back to place services uh, or do you make the judgment? Yeah, well, if we start with the, um, the last first, um, just go with me a few moments whilst I... Uh... It's 9.8. Yeah, 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 I'm, I'm just reading it through. Um, my understanding is that the the actual biodiversity value of, of the site itself is is pretty low because um, it, uh, it it's grassland. Of course, you may have uh, meadow flowers, etc. But um, they've also looked at the the impact of any loss of the hedgerow uh, to to make way for the visibly displays the two proposed bigger access points. Um, so um, what they are saying is obviously. Uh, to either get a net neutral or hopefully a net gain in biodiversity uh, across the site. So um, uh, that would be, uh, in fact, yes, if I go to the conditions, just bear with me, sorry. Yeah, so um, at uh, condition... 11, uh, they are asking for this uh, biodiversity enhancement strategy to be submitted 
uh, uh, at reserve matter stage, and obviously the contents as listed um, in in that report, and that would go to Essex County Council Place Services Apology for their citing and for their um, approval for any um, assessment at DFO stage. Uh, as far as the um, access points are concerned, um, I did spend a, a long while uh, with um, County Highways on this scheme for various reasons, um, including this aspect of uh, the southeastern access point um, where it's shown to, to come out on Station Road. Um, and I do accept, because I've done this route many times, that it is a blind corner as you're approaching from, um, from the east down uh, from the village. Now, the works which uh, have been specified on Stage 1 safety audit drawings, which are um, obviously on the PowerPoint, um, unfortunately they're very faint, as you saw, so you won't pick up too much from them. Um, they do include uh, uncontrolled pedestrian crossings, um, one for the southeast um, access point and one for the western access point. Um, uh, it will be subject to a section 278 agreement, of course, for those works, uh, which would include the extension of the, the footpath on, on the western access point. Um, in terms of the pedestrian crossings, um, I am not whether or not they would be actually um, implemented, although clearly um, highways have been in uh, extensive consultation with the applicant's transport consultants to decide whether or not there would be any um, hazards to highway safety, uh, whether or not there could be any other um, provisions such as early warning um, uh, system, uh, that might be something we need to discuss. But obviously in the final analysis, um, highways have looked at this scheme and they consider from a, a perspective of highway safety that uh, there are no um, highway objections that they can uh, sustain to this proposal. Um, yes, uh, highways don't live there. Um, I, I'm not always filled with confidence. But anyways, perhaps the parish council can take that on board and look at it carefully because it, it does make me very nervous. One other quick thought. I know you're in good pressure for time, Chair. The, the green buffer zone, um, which is going leadership of the community trust, perhaps, um, would they look at and consider greening it in terms of trees? We're very keen to have more trees in the district, and that seems like a... Mr. Rams nodding his head. Councillor Rams nodding his head. Yes. Yeah, and in fact, I can confirm, uh, although it's landscaping uh, reserve matters, uh, they did put an indicative uh, native planting uh, scheme for this buffer zone, and I would expect uh, something similar to be um, replicated for the DFO application. Thank you, Clive. Um, Councillor Pavitt, yes, finished. Um, Councillor Lachlan. Thank you, Chair. Um, well, most of what I wanted to ask has um, been answered about the affordable housing, which I'm delighted about. But yesterday, um, Mr. Thorvald, you showed us, uh, or maybe not be an indicative map, but of a kind of a layout. Mm -hmm. And you said that the more affordable houses, um, which I assume to be the smaller houses, were up on the top, whereas the bigger houses were 
all in the middle, if I remember correctly. Uh, I don't know where the affordable, proper affordable houses are going to go. But one of the things that we always do ask, and very seldom happens, that they should be distributed throughout the site and not, as is often the case, pushed out on the periphery. Um, you know, sort of setting them apart from the, I hate to use the word, from the high poli. So you've got the richer ones all in the middle and the poorer ones all out on the edge, which, uh, you know, in these this day and age, I think is quite insulting. So is there any way that we could say to the developers that we want these distributed throughout the site? And would we be able to get away if we did ask that? Well, I hope, hopefully I can, sorry. Yeah, hopefully I can give you some... You've taken yourself... Oh, she's back. No, she's not. Oh, just I'd carry on. Yeah. No. Okay. Hopefully I, I can give you confidence on this because um, I could share the uh, the screen, but uh, we're in a rush. Um, I have mentioned to uh, the applicant's agent and the architects that the actual scheme layout itself, as presented, is below standard. There's no question... Um, it gives credence to the, the upper market uh, dwellings in the middle to Berry, uh, to Station Road. And as you say, it starts to get more squashed as you go towards the northern boundary and the eastern boundary. I've said this to him and I've warned him this for any DFR application that there should be an appropriate uh, balance and mix in the site between market and affordable. Uh, affordable should be architecturally blind and scattered throughout the market dwellings on the site. Thank you. Sorry, you did say that. You did say that yesterday. In fact, yes. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, sorry, I don't remember hearing that. But is there a way that we can condition that? No. Well, this application is outline only, and um, uh, therefore the housing mix is only indicative. They've put forward um, a, a, a spread of dwellings, but obviously the DF application will pick up. Uh, the affordable housing element, and uh, if I was dealing with it, I would make sure that uh, it was appropriately dispersed. Thank you, Councillor Lachlan. Thank you, Clive. Um, Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you. Um, uh, I think this is a good scheme. I'm, I'm in favour of it. Uh, but there is a question I want to ask of the officers. It doesn't have to be answered now, but it needs to be answered. And that is, we have drilled into us, as members of the planning committee, that you cannot buy planning consent. You cannot buy planning consent. That's the reason why when I've got 150 houses in the town where I live, no, you can't have uh, a hall for public gathering. No, it's, it's not on the section 106. 85 houses up the road. No, no, there's no section 106. Don't need one. Uh, it seems to me that this is a very fine example of buying planning consent because on the objections, it's pointed out that actually there's plenty of GP capacity in that small settlement anyway. They probably don't need an extra surgery. They don't need it at all. It's a small settlement. So what I want to know offline, we don't have time today, but it's a very important question. This looks to me like a textbook example of buying planning consent. You do a doctor's surgery and we'll give, let you build 38 houses. So I need an answer to that. I'll put it in writing if you like. But there's plenty of examples where there's much larger developments than these and they have nothing at all in terms of planning gain. Or The, the thing is, that it's supposed to be mitigation for the damage done by the development. I don't see any damage done by this development, and I don't see how a doctor's surgery is going to mitigate it. So I'll leave that with you. It's not necessarily germane to this case. It's um, germane to the general situation. Nigel, would you like to say something just now? 
because I think this is not yeah. buying. You hear another term that you don't probably hear as often as you should do is that the whole of planning runs in a plan-led system. The development plan, which at the moment is the local plan and the Felston Village plan, but neighbourhood plan, allocates this site for a surgery. And there is a need for a surgery down there. There is no doubt there's absolutely a, a surgery need within Felsted and Dumbo. And uh, so, so there is absolutely, absolute genuine need for a surgery down there. So this is a plan-led system. This is delivering a development plan. So it's not buying the planning commission. Had we not had a development plan, then I still don't think it's buying permission um, because, but then don't forget, we are also under undertaking on other issues because the balance down in Felsted is the priority is the surgery and quite rightly it's the priority for the surgery. So this is not buying permission, but that's a fair enough comment. That's what members need to be mindful when we're talking about 106 packages going forward. But I, I can assure members we're absolutely safe on this. Thank you. Thank you, Nigel. Um, Councillor Lemon. Uh, yes, uh, I think in principle, I think this is an excellent application. Um, I believe that Council of Account proposed that we um, pass this application and I would like to second it, please. Thank you. Um, Council, uh, thank you. Councillor would you mind, would you give, would you give to that to Council of Account this time? Happily. Thank you very much. Um, okay. Um, but Councillor Reeve, you did want to say something, and you're the last one, so please do. Thank you, Chair. I, I'm definitely minded to uh, support this proposal, but um, um, following the discussions, uh, sorry, and I'm minded to support it with the affordable housing rather than education uh, element. Uh, but my question is, uh, what do we, I've heard the figure five affordable houses, are they two, three or four bedroom houses are they rented or are they uh, uh, for purchase? And so I, I, I didn't hear clarification on that because I'm just fearful that we'll end up, unless it's clarified here, we'll end up with the lower end of uh, whatever that is. And then uh, secondly, the size of the surgery, um, I, I, you gave a very detailed answer, but you didn't actually answer Councillor Bagnell's question on, on what basis those sizings have been, uh, been done. And so, again, I was a bit anxious that the size of that is, uh, is not done. And I, quite honestly, I don't feel totally uh, comfortable with, uh, with the answer given. And then finally, a question around the, uh, the car parking. That wasn't mentioned. But I assume, even though this is a, um, a site whose, whose layout isn't yet agreed, that the size of the car park uh, will remain as indicated on that, uh, on that plot plan. I don't know if there's any way of answering any of those questions. Thank you. Well, I, I can answer two of them, certainly. Um, in, in terms of the affordable housing tenure, um, because this application uh, was never submitted with affordable housing, um, therefore uh, we didn't consult with the Housing Enabling Officer for the scheme. Um, and therefore, because the five affordable units have been found uh, as um, the residual um, uh, from the residual sums, uh, the, the, the tenure will be subject to a, a DF application with consultation with the housing enabling officer uh, as to whether or not it's appropriate to provide either social rent or shared ownership or, or a combination of both, either as uh, two or, or three bedroom dwellings uh, 
at this location, which clearly does have uh, sustainable credentials in terms of access to local services and clearly um, uh, a surgery um, if it was built. Um, in terms of the... So what, is, what was the second one? I was writing them down. The, the um, sites the, of the, the surgery. Surgery. You know, the, the, You always run the risk of something being agreed when everybody's excited, but when it comes to the crunch, it's all shrunk. Oh, sorry, in terms of the car parking, uh, also you mentioned... Uh, sorry, um, not, not the car parking, the size of the... Sorry, yeah. I'm not sure if there's a delay in the unmuting. Uh, the second question was the size of the surgery, uh, because you were saying that the footprint isn't agreed, which means that the cost isn't agreed, which means that the commutation of that cost isn't agreed. And uh, so that was the second one. The car parking was the third. Okay. Um, the, the cost of the surgery has been put in on the original um, financial viability assessment um, and as I say we have based it upon those sums. Now uh, that was uh, something I went back to the planning agent about had it changed since the initial um, uh, costings of the construction of the surgery had been originally estimated and I was told no it hadn't it was it was more or less as would be clearly with um, uh, costs um, in the future we have to factor those in um, I can't say any more than I've got in my report because I'd have to refer to detail um, analysis from the um, our own financial uh, viability consultants uh, conclusions on this um, but uh, that is the reason why uh, we used those consultants uh, to come to us with um, an evaluation exercise, and, and that is what they have done. And, and that is uh, the figure that they've arrived at based upon uh, the footprint dimensions and the costings as originally submitted for okay, this application. So, so to, 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 just to, to answer the question in a short way, uh, it's really, are those calculations, are they, will they be carried forward in further analysis of this site and approval stages of this site? Well, those I expect, get, yeah. I would expect they would do because um, the whole thing's been predicated on those sums. Sorry, um, as far as the, the car park is concerned, um, again, that would be subject to layout considerations at DFO stage uh, where we need to make sure clearly that uh, the car park provision for the surgery meets um, county car parking standards. Right, thank you. Nigel, did you want to say something? Yeah, I want to I give Councillor Reeve a little bit more assurances than that, <laughs> to be honest. The affordable housing provided on this site will be exactly what we need, and it will be at that particular time, it will be a consultation with our, with our, um, with our housing team. Um, I pick up what Councillor Reeve's point is in terms of where they are, what they are, the mix between share ownership will be exactly what Failstead needs in terms of both for housing needs for Uttlesford in consultation with, um, with, the, with the locality here. Failstead Parish Council and Failstead Community Trust, the word Failstead Community Trust extremely excites me. They're, they're actually committed to these type of things and that will absolutely deliver an example of where we're going to go. And the fact we have those organisations plus the commissioning group as part of the agreement to do with the surgery, a ditto. The surgery will be exactly what the, what the community wants and needs in that area. And obviously you can't predict that at this very moment in time because it's a, it's a moving feast, but it will be exactly the right size, the right format and exactly. And I'm, abs I'm absolutely quite excited 
that those organisations are all engaged in this. So I think Council Review should be absolutely, totally assured. And behind all that, it will require applications going through this planning committee to, so you'll get that double assurance moving forward as well. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Councillor Bagnall, um, unless it's absolutely completely pertinent, I'm going to take this I, to the... I just want to tighten the condition. So we talked about a condition for the surgery, and I'm just wondering if we can tighten it to, to say, a minimum of the, the set size that's already been identified in the report, because if it's not of a size that has been identified, then it's no better than what's there already, and that would be a waste of money. So... I think we can tighten the conditions and I'd like to see that tightened so we get a minimum size surgery that meets the standards that have been called out in the report. I mean, is there actually any sizes on it or is it just a shade? I'll leave that to members, sorry, I'll leave that to members to decide. But the, the issue is it's the it's unsuitability of the current belted surgery is not just size. Yes, <laughs> no, no, this is speaking to Councillor Bagnall. It's yeah. just not size. It's, I, I understand that, Mr. Brown, but, it's, but also within the report, it calls out a minimum size. So it's talking about an increase in square metres. So if, if there's a certain size that it should be, let, let's condition it to make sure we don't let that slip through the net. I'm sorry, if I just intervene, because my understanding is that this is going to be what they call a smart hub surgery, which would be ready for the 21st century so therefore in terms of what you've got at john tasker house at the moment um is what it is uh, at the present time so the actual floor space uh, i've been told uh, of the new surgery will be determined by the actual uh, uh, needs of patients for the village um in combination with um nhs delivering um, modern healthcare provision so the floor space will be determined by exactly what they can provide on site in terms of providing that uh, new future healthcare need. Oh, I, I just call out that I'm nervous because I think we're being we're not being very specific, and I'm just worried that uh, the developer may may slip something past. I, I think we need to start trusting people here. I mean, this is this has got so many controls around it. The developer's not involved in this. We've got all these organisations involved. And I think, you know, and, and I, I, I don't, Pacific's not necessarily, I mean, we could get something better if we don't get over Pacific on this issue. And it's good tying up for the 106 with all those groups involved. And so I, I just don't think members should be anxious about it. But having said all that, if you get all those controls and you have an application that goes in front of you that's too small, then you'll refuse it. And, or we would, you know, yeah. so it still has to be fit for purpose. I think we're really talking extremely hypothetical moving forward there. So I think... Remember, no, I I just, we've, we've seen it before and I'm nervous, that's all. Um, this is one of the before. first... Yeah, all I'm saying, this is on the back... This is, this is the new world of delivering something with a neighbourhood plan behind it, strengthening it all the way through. Yeah. Okay. This is the different world. You are absolutely right, Council Bagman, we've been nervous in the past. But this is the new world, and and we've got a spanking new uh, uh, the neighbourhood plan, which this is the major one of the major linchpins of the whole plan, and so so I think you this is the new world, and just indulge it and enjoy it. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take this to to the vote. So, proposed by Councillor LeCount, second by of approving this application, and Chris, can we? take this to 
a vote, please. And there was a question of Elizabeth. Elizabeth, you're calling, sorry. aren't you? Purposes of a vote, I call the register. It's sorry, it's you. Sorry. If, if um, when I call your name, you could indicate whether you approve or against or whether you're abstaining, please. And we'll yeah, start... So, Chair, point of order, to save doing that, if there's, can we first check that there are no objections? Could you, or do, you, do we need to, Elizabeth, do we need to actually call it so that people's, people know? Or can the real I, problem, of course, is that members of the public are listening on the basis of audio only. You're not being... Film, so they're not going to see a show of hands, which is why we have to do it by audible means, and that means the register. I'm sorry. Unanimous is unanimous, Madam Chairman. Yes. Oh, so, sorry, so, so, so Elizabeth, uh, could, could I just intervene, just as a, um, uh, a point of reference, because this this Section 106 agreement, as it stands, requires uh, contributions to healthcare and to education. So as it stands, you're voting on this section of the Sixth Agreement as you see in front of you. Now, in terms of how we have um, addressed the issues regarding contributions, um, are members, uh, Chair, happy that uh, the, the, the reference to NHS healthcare provision, uh, to sums at Roman numeral four and uh, education at five, are, are removed from any um, section on the sixth agreement, should members agree to grant plan permission today? No. That's a valid point, Mr. Yes, thank you, Clive. Thank you. Members? What, what? Can I, I, can I, in that case, this is Neil Reeve here just jumping in. Uh, I would support that. Uh, I haven't had anyone speak against that, so I would suggest it. Could you just say that again, please, Clive? So, I, I, could I just suggest we do it quicker? Yes, please. <laughs> Sorry, Clive. Yeah. The, the requirement, the, 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 the two changes in the Section 106 recommendation on, where are we? Well, well you got the recommendation was the omission of the financial contributions towards the NHS healthcare and the contribution to education. And so it's the omission of four and five on the recommendation. I should also add that the date's slightly wrong. It says the 18th of May, and we, we suggest that moves forward to September. So it's on that terms of the changes to the 106. Okay. Are members content with that? So I think we possibly do need to take a... Janice, are you shaking... Councillor Glockland, are you shaking your head? Sorry, does this in any way affect the affordable housing? That's what I want to know. No. No, the, no okay. the, the affordable housing is provision of five affordable housing. Right, okay, no. that's fine. That's not... Right. Hey, Madam Chair. Yes? We're going to start dressing up this process. We need to also include uh, circumscribing the green space, uh, as, as uh, Mr. Brown suggested. Um, and, we, and I would prefer that we had five affordable housing and not the equivalent. That worries me a little bit. If we're going to tidy things up, let's tidy. Sorry, to pick up Councillor Fairhurst's point, yes, we can, we can. First of all, I'm doing this in reverse order. Three, um, 
we within that we just need to clarify that it covers every piece of land and i think i think elizabeth um, smith actually mentioned the issue about it's all plan led in terms of how that 106 works so we can do that and secondly it's up to members it's within members gift to remove or equivalent commuted sum um it's the usual standard way but if if, if the proposer wants to remove that particular bit propose five houses on the site then i think that's a fair enough that's a fair enough if members want to do that we have a show of hands for members just would they like to do that well, that looks like everybody just about no okay so all right so, so if we can go for a formal vote please on the basis of those amendments to the section 106 heads of terms it will not take long so um if we can just rattle through the register please lady and, ladies and gentlemen for the sake of the listening public councillor Mary, please or councillor lemon Approve. Councillor Laughlin? Four. Councillor Sutton? Councillor LeCount? Councillor Storoff? Councillor Caton? Four. Councillor Reeve? Four. Councillor Pavitt? Four. Councillor Bagnall? Councillor Freeman? Approve. Councillor Fairhurst? Approve. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. That's uh, approved unanimously with the two amendments to the heads of terms on the section 106. Thank you very much. Okay, yes, we are going to take a five minute um, break. Um, until we before the next application so can we take us offline please please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. And moving on to agenda item 4, UTT 191219, full application, land east of Braintree Road in Great Dunmo. And presenting the application is Karen Denmark. Thank you very much, Karen. Done this on practice and it worked. Why is it? Can you see it? Because it's not. Yeah. Not yet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it. It's come now. Thank. You. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, this application site is no. This application site is located on the eastern side of the B twelve fifty six in Great Dunmo, and has the River Chelmer running along its eastern boundary. And it looks north south here, but um, I've had to turn the map on its side. Go away. Sorry. Um, there is a public right-of-way running along the banks of the river outside of the application site. This joins a network of public rights-of-way, including the Sutton Trail and the Blitch Way. Part of the site forms a floodplain, with the majority of the buildings and car parking proposed being located in Flood Zone 1, outside of the active floodplain. The application is described as being for a refuse lorry depot, Oh, God. Okay. The, um, it comes through my laptop as well. Sorry, I've got the phone on. I do apologise. Phone's on silent, but it comes through my laptop. Sorry. <laughs> okay. The application is described as being for a refuse lorry depot, a classic car storage and restoration business, flexible office space and enhanced public urban space. The site is located in open countryside and joins the town's wastewater treatment plant. Although this is well screened, you can see it down here. Um, not sure on the mouse is it and and although this is well screened it isn't highly visible in the landscape especially from areas around the application site i've got a series of photos for you now if i can get the mouse in the right location thank you so this photo is taken from inside of the site on the top um, corner adjacent to the b1256 and it looks out across the the across the site and over to the open countryside beyond um, this is going across the site and you can see the uh, wastewater treatment plant sort of hidden behind the trees just about and just see the top of some of the buildings. And, and then this is across the frontage of the site. 
This is from approximately the access point, um, looking towards the um, Ford Farm direction to, um, where you go towards Belstead. And this is looking in the opposite direction where you go towards Chelmsford and towards um, Bishop Stortford. This photo has, uh, is from the um, rear of the site and shows the wastewater treatment plant outside, outside of the site on the public footpath running along the other side of the River Chelmer. So this shows the wastewater treatment plants um, just tucked in the corner there. And then the view across the site, you can see Oakwood Avenue up on the top of the hill there. And in this picture, you can see the rooftops of some of the buildings on uh, Dunlow Park. And this is some of the land that's owned and controlled by Dunlow Town Council, which is to the rear of the, um, the site and adjacent to the public rights of way in this sort of location here. This map shows the public rights of way that are existing. Um, so you can see uh, that you've got this public right of way coming down here. This runs along the back of the site. Uh, this path here is known as the Southern Trail. And this path here and which is the green line down here. And then there's a footpath connection that goes up to the Braintree Road and there is a bus stop located over there. So this is the proposal. So we have a classic car and restoration uh, storage and restoration business located in this on this part of the site. These are flexible office space buildings and this is the refuse depot. This plan just shows the parking area for the different elements of the site. So you've got parking for refuse vehicles, parking for the vehicles associated with the use of the site as a refuse depot. This is a car park for um, access to open space. Um, this is car parking for the office use, and this is a car parking associated with the plastic car business. This, uh, the next few sides are of the proposed building. So this is the car storage building, the renovations, the restoration building. And these are the office blocks as you go across the site. And this is the proposed depot buildings. Um, most of the office buildings um, range at the maximum height of the car storage uh, building, 7.3 metres. Most of the other buildings are around 6.5 metres in height, and the depot building is around 9.9 .9 metres in height. If planning permission were to be granted, mitigation would be required in the form of a footpath to be provided along the side of the B1256, um, and then an up of the existing public right of way this field here um, and then the link to the um, to the bus stop there. The site is located outside of the development limits in the Uttersford local plan 
Where policy S7 has a presumption against development, it's also located outside of the town development area in the Great Dunmore Neighbourhood Plan. The policies DS1 and LSC1 seek to protect the countryside and direct development to more appropriate locations. The proposal is contrary to all of these policies. This site is identified in the Great Dunmore Neighbourhood Plan and the Town Design Statement as being a high-quality landscape and is identified as a key positive feature to the town and worthy of protection. The landscape and visual impact assessment submitted with the application identifies major adverse impacts arising from the proposals in respect of various sensitive receptors. The Council's landscape officer is of the opinion that the proposals will constitute a significant and detrimental visual intrusion into the open countryside. And the conservation officer has identified the historic links between the site and Dunmo Park and that the proposals would have a near the building and its environments. These views are fully supported by officers and led to the conclusion that the proposals were contrary to the local plan and neighbourhood plan policies. It is noted that Great Dunmo Town Council has submitted several letters in support of the proposals, including a letter that was missed off in error and has been recently circulated to members as a supplementary representation. The support for the proposals are most notably the increased accessibility to their land holdings and for the relocation of the depot from the town centre. Representations have also been submitted supporting the relocation of the depot to this site as an alternative to another submission recently refused by the committee. The council is not an applicant in this application and representation against the proposals has been received in the Waste Facilities Management Department. The benefits of the proposal of the creation of, of additional employment opportunities from flexible office space which is around 108 jobs and the classic car business which is seven jobs. There are no benefits arising from the depot element of the proposals due to these being relocation of existing jobs in the event that this element of the proposals is taken up for the intended use. Great Dunmo Town Council identified that proposals would be beneficial in relieving some pressure on Hatfield Forest. And this has not been recognised as a benefit by the ecologists or Natural England who are heavily involved in the preparation of the mitigation strategy for the forest. Indeed, these public rights of way already exist. A master car park could be provided in closer location and a new point of access created. This is not providing access to significant areas of open space that do not already exist. Therefore, the public access benefits are of limited weight. It should be noted that the Crime Prevention Officer raises, raises concerns regarding the location of the car park and its potential to increase unsocial behaviour or to offer an, an additional route for thieves. <clears throat> In order to deter such behaviour, increased lighting would be required, which would cause further harm to the character of the rural area and potentially conflict with the ecological sensitivities of the site. Overall, it's considered that the benefits of the proposal are not sufficient to outweigh the identified harm to the countryside and setting of heritage assets, and the application is therefore recommended for refusal as set out on the agenda. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you John. So, we have quite a few speakers on this one. And I do apologise, that's what happens when you have Apple, and I'm working with my other laptop, and I switched my phone to silence and everything, and it came through on my laptop, so I do apologise. Um, our first speaker is Councillor Day. 
Good afternoon, afternoon, Councillor Day. Afternoon, Chair, and good afternoon, fellow councillors, and good afternoon, officers. The local newspapers have described this afternoon's hearing as the Battle of the Bin Depots. I would suggest that's a somewhat uh, emotional headline ca capture, but nevertheless, it does carry a vast amount of local interest. So I'd like to start by saying I am representing the views or the view of five district councillors who represent Great Dunmo, in so much as we all support this application. There are three of us speaking this afternoon, and coincidentally, we are the ward councillors for the southern part of Great Dunmo and the village of Barnston, of where this uh, application or this site in the application is situated. Myself will be speaking as the ward councillor. Councillor Jones will be speaking as a nearby resident and Councillor Lavelle will be speaking as a town councillor. So, please remember, five district councillors and the whole of Great Dunmo Town Council support this application. This is something I would suggest is quite rare and unique, but it does illustrate a pretty strong representation of the support for this site. A belief that it is the right location. Now, can I just take this opportunity to remind you all that in February of this year, as a district council, we pledged within our corporate plan to listen, to support the views of communities, our parishes and our town councils. Can there be a better opportunity now so to do? As you are well aware, there is a very, very real need to re relocate the refuse depot from its current situation at New Street, which is right in the heart of the centre of Great Dunmo. It is totally inappropriately stuck down a narrow side street requiring uh, the large refuse trucks to trundle along the not so much wider high street each morning, setting off on their rounds and then returning late at the conclusion of their day. This application is, I would su suggest, almost perfect. The site is accessible by public transport, i.e. on a bus, and has good walking and cycling links to Great Dunmo and our surrounding villages. It sits on the outskirts of the town, close to the junction with the A120, which enables good access routes to many roads that feed like veins to all parts of our district. Clearly, if you look, Highways Essex have no objections to this as it's set out in paragraph 9.16 of Mrs. Denmark's report. And finally on this point, we are aware the developer has liaised with Highways Essex regarding improving the footpath along the B1256 from the bus stop to the site. This will clearly benefit the residents of the town. These points are matters which are must-haves and surely place a tick in the yes, I support the proposal. Moving on, I'd like to draw your attention 
to the potential community benefits that this site holds. These are clearly set out by Great Dunmo Council in their comments on page 45 of your bundle in Mrs Denmark's report. I personally believe they would outweigh the harm suggested to the countryside. If you were mindful to grant this application and have them formally included in the planning conditions. Can I now refer you to paragraph 9.14 of Mrs Denmark's report and the issues raised by the landscape officer? The officer believes the development would have a detrimental impact on the bucolic character of the site. Now, I'm not sure why that officer has used such a posh word that required me to dig out my dictionary to understand what it means. But those of you that are more educated than me will realise it's rural life. Why on earth that couldn't be said, I do not know because I'm a great believer in plain speak. Now, I'd suggest that what the officer is saying is that officer's view. It is not fact. All of you, myself, my fellow uh, district councillors, are entitled to a view. We disagree with the view of this officer. So, this site is situated on agricultural land, but I'd point out that almost all new developments around Great Dunmo will have to be on agricultural land because of all the significant developments that have taken place and that have used up non-farming land. Also, just to remind you, this site is adjacent to a well-established water treatment plant and close to two industrial estates and is in fact virtually opposite one of those in the Chelmsford Road. Add to this the light industrial and office space suggested in this application will bring much needed additional employment opportunities to our town. And finally, let me say you are a very wise group of councillors who form this committee. You have proved in the past that you're not afraid, having listened and weighed up to all the facts, to go against the recommendation of officers. This, I would respectfully suggest, is one of those cases where I would urge you not to follow the recommendation of the reporting officer. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Councillor. Um, Nigel, you are timing this, aren't I you? I am, yeah. Yes, thank you. Councillor uh, Day went slightly over I, there, I, so I, I think... I had the feeling he had, <laughs> yes. yes. Um, Jenny Poulton, thank you very much. You have four minutes. Thank you very much. Good afternoon, Mrs Poulton. Um, I completely support this application for one very important reason, but actually more than one. My particular reason is health and safety. We know you all entirely agree that the current location of the depot is completely inappropriate and in a very, very dangerous area. Right in the centre of town, in an extremely narrow street, leading off the high street, at which point huge trucks and cars regularly meet face to face 
causing immediate traffic jams. In addition, New Street has several listed buildings, as well as a doctor's surgery, clinic, children's nursery, church and car park, meaning people of all ages and various stages of health regularly use the road, often with prams, pushchairs and mobility aids. Yet there is only an exceedingly narrow, narrow pavement, barely enough room for one person. All this with the hazard of refuse lorries thundering past and belching noxious fumes into the lungs of residents, children and other pedestrians. Living right next door to the depot, which we do, we are more than aware of this enormous difficulty the staff there have in handling the gigantic lorries in such a confined area. At this point, we should give tremendous credit to the depot manager and his staff for their skill and good nature, which they display in wholly environment, parking, maneuvering, vehicle washing, etc. We moved here nearly 12 years ago, and we were informed by a member of the Uppersfield District Council that the depot would be moving from New Street within a matter of months. Nothing happened, of course, and still nothing has happened except for the recent overwhelming objection on two occasions by the public and local councils to the UDC's preferred site at Canfield. On the last hearing of this planning application, it was refused unanimously. Can we please know from the council whether they are or are not proposing any further applications on that site? The site of the application being proposed today seems to us to be in a perfectly suitable and sound location in all respects, and one that has caused virtually negligible um, objection from the local residents and is supported by the Town Council. We consider that the views of the local residents and Dumbo Town Council should be given high priority for this ideal location on the outskirts of Dumbo. In exactly the same way as the planning committee did for the Canfield residents and local councillors over the application proposed for that village, was which, which was rejected due to the massive and strong opposition. Quite different to this application. I also understand that this site in Dumbo could be up and running in quite a short time, which would be of great benefit to the whole town and its residents, whilst making the High Street and New Street much safer quieter and healthier places, greatly improving the centre of our hometown. With all the extra houses being built in Dunno, now is surely the time to come to a firm decision. Don't pussyfoot around. Please don't just veto this sensible remedy. It was solved Dunno's problem with this running sore once and for all. Thank you Thank very you. much, Colton. Um, next speaker is... Mr. Rod Jones. Good afternoon, Mr. Jones. Good afternoon. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. There's a slight delay with my video, so it's uh, not a bit out of sync to me. Why? I do apologise. I'm on a meeting. That's okay. Bye. Bye. My children love me, but why do they have to phone now? Sorry. Um, sorry, Miss. Sorry, Rod. Um, with Mr. Jones, would you like to carry on? Can we start again, please? Or have we not started? Thank you. Chair, Vice Chair and members of the Planning Committee. 
I'm a district councillor that represents the ward of Great Dumbo South and Barnston, and also a Great Dumbo Town Councillor. I'm also a substitute member of the Planning Committee, so I'm fully conversant with the application that is before you today. I have decided not to speak as a district or town council, but as a resident that lives in the vicinity of the post site. 25 letters of public representation have been received that support the application, compared to three that don't. The site is outside of Great Dunmore Town development limits, and so if a development does occur, then it must enhance and not take away from the countryside. Has any committee member been able to visit the post site because of the current crisis? I have, and since I've lived in Great Dunmo, the field has not been ploughed or used to grow crops. The enhancements proposed in the landscape strategy will, in my opinion, greatly improve what is a drab and boring part of Great Dunmo's landscape. In fact, the development would open up the views across the Chalmers as the ground slopes gently downwards from the road and the plans show well-considered and designed buildings that complement the environment. The strategy will also open up parts of the area to the public and connect with the well-established rights-of-way network that surround Great Dunmo. I have walked some of the routes on the eastern side of the Chelmer, and the current field looks just as drab and boring from that side as it does the other. The site would also offer employment opportunities and small office spaces and provide a location for small businesses to grow. I believe no new industrial parks, small business areas have been developed in Great Dunmo for over 20 years. And shouldn't and so shouldn't you be promoting this local employment opportunity to help my town, a growing town, to prosper? Traffic on the B1256 would increase. However, those that are employed on the site and live in the surrounding area would have the opportunity to walk or cycle to work. In my opinion, the proposed changes to the B1256 to facilitate ingression and egression from the site could help calm the road. Accidents on the B1256 and the Braintree Road, to, uh, road Junction are a relative common occurrence and any traffic calming measures implemented because of the development will be a great benefit to local residents and responsible road users. The increased movements of the refuge collection vehicle from the proposed but undecided depot would not add significant traffic to the local, local road network. Those extra 20 to 30 bin lorries entering or leaving this site would hardly be notable because all of the district bin lorries drive past my house in order to dump their waste at the waste transfer station, which is adjacent to my property, and I hardly notice them. The bin lorries are currently stable at depots in Saffron Walden, Newport, and near the centre of Great Dunmo. At the end of each day, they have to return to those depots empty. The proposed but undecided RCB depot in the application would allow all those vehicles to drive a short distance from the waste transfer station to the depot without having to use the A120 or interchanges that service Great Dunmo and the door-to-door distance will be no greater than a 1,000 metres. I am thoroughly in favour, as a resident, for the committee to approve this application in its entirety. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much, Mr Jones. Our next speaker is James Delafield. Good afternoon. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Thank you. Good afternoon, members. My name is James Delafield, and I'm a planning consultant instructed by the District Council's Facilities Management Service and Hales Farm to speak on this application. 
Oh, can I just can I just actually stop you there? Because I would actually um, take you at the end, shouldn't I, Nigel? Because that's that name's been put in wrongly. Oh, it should have. Now, Mr. Delafield is not speaking on behalf of the applicant, so he's not, so, no. so he's able. He is he is okay. speaking in the right in the right bit. All right, thank you. Sorry, thank you. Sorry, Mr. Delafield. Sorry. We submitted on behalf of our clients a detailed objection letter to the application, which has been summarised in section 10.4 of the committee report. The objection was supported by a landscape assessment of proposals prepared by Michelle Bolger, expert landscape consultant. Michelle's main practice involves supporting local planning authorities in preparing landscape character assessments and attending public inquiries on their behalf. Fundamentally, the application proposes development within the countryside on a site which is not supported by the District Council in its capacity as the Waste Collection Authority, as it is not a deliverable site for a new Council depot. The Council's Facilities Management Service has no legal interest in the application site, and the proposals are entirely speculative. This objection has been clearly identified by officers in the committee report, which correctly gives the benefits associated with the proposed depot no weight in the planning balance. With respect to the other components of the application, we note the committee report confirms that the classic car restoration business is a personal element for which there is no identified need and therefore carries minimal or no weight. Minimal weight is also given to the ancillary components of the proposal, including the bridge and car park. The only component which carries weight is the provision of the office floor space, which is envisaged to provide around 108 jobs. This employment provision is significantly less than the 540 jobs that would have been provided on our clients' proposed employment site and council depot to the south of the B1256 Little Canfield. This was refused planning permission by this committee on the 15th of January 2020 against officers' recommendation for approval. Members will be aware of their responsibility to impartially balance the planning benefits against the harm of the proposal. In this respect, the evidence before planning committee, including the advice of your landscape and planning officers, as well as policies of the Great Dunmo Neighbourhood Plan, is that the application site is located in a high-value landscape that is critical to the setting and character of Great Dunmo. Clear conflicts with local plan and neighbourhood plan policies have been identified in the committee report. The neighbourhood plan was made as a result of a referendum of local people, the majority of which supported it, including the importance of protecting the landscape setting of Great Dunmo. We agree with your case officer's advice that the neighbourhood plan is consistent with the MPPF and should be given significant weight. To approve the application in disregard to the policies of the neighbourhood plan would undermine public confidence in this important development plan document. Less than substantial harm has also been identified by your conservation officer on the rural setting of the Grade 2 listed Dunmo Park. Paragraph 11.42 of the committee report identifies that the impacts of the proposal on its heritage assets have not been adequately assessed in the planning application. The same paragraph goes on to identify that on the basis of the comments from the conservation officer and landscape officer, the minimal benefits of the proposal are not sufficient to outweigh the harm to the heritage asset, justifying a further reason for refusal. In conclusion, we urge members to follow your officer's professional advice and refuse the application. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Garfield. Our next speaker is... Sorry, um, Councillor Lavelle. No, no, sorry, Jeremy Fulcher. I do apologise, Jeremy Fulcher. 
Sorry, Councillor Fortune. Good afternoon. Uh, I'm representing Little Canfield Parish Council. Having said that, uh, it will take me a minute to say what I've got to say. I'm quite glad that James Delafield came on before me because some of his claims surely exist for the state in Little Canfield as well. And that's for his employment rights of 540 employee, employees on that site. I think that's stretching the limits a bit. Right, when representatives from Little Canfield spoke in this chamber before, and also when the application in Little Canfield unanimously rejected. Mr. Fulcher, can I yeah. just stop? You're not coming through particularly clearly. Sorry. I'm not sure if that's us or you. Ben. Shall you... I try again? Ben, Is that better? Am I coming through now? Hi, hi Mr. Fulcher. Um, well, I would suggest it's, it's his connection, I'm afraid, rather than, than ours, because I could hear you clearly, Chair. Um, if you could just sit back slightly no. from the mic, Mr. Fulcher, and we'll see if that works any better. Is that better? Is that better? Can you hear me now? Yes. Thank you. That's better. Sorry. I'll carry on from where I... Um, when was unanimously rejected for the second time? We all agreed that when the application was submitted again, we, we, which I think it will be, uh, probably through the appeal procedure, we would need professional representatives. So for now, you will have to put up with me. Supporting this application in Dunmer with a bit of emotion and some common sense. Bill Downfield supports this application. It is not on an area with listed buildings for the start. It is shaded by tree lines developed over time by Dunmer Town Council through their forethought as well, and it does not border a popular historic flitch way. The landowners have gone to great lengths to satisfy the needs of the site, both in construction and highway criteria, regarding access onto main roads, which have good access for the rest of the road network in Oxford. The opportunity to relocate the waste lorry site to, is long overdue and to be offered a site next to a water treatment plant or a waste treatment plant seems the ideal solution. For local employees, it limits travel to work and there are numerous ancillary businesses that can ben be benefit from the refuse site next to Dunlow. We believe this would be a greater benefit than the proposed extension of Hales Farm on a greenfield site both in terms of employment opportunities and the uplift it would give to existing local businesses in Dunmo. Local residents support this site and firmly believe it would indeed be an asset to a town located in a residential district. Dunmo is an expanding, cost expanding and to enhance employment opportunities within the boundaries of the town can only be a good thing. The authorities in Oxford have been looking for a site like this for over five years and under the previous administration it seems the landowner in our small village was approached by them 
and some sort of deal was struck. I don't think you have to be a rocket scientist to understand what that deal involved. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Fulcher. Um, and the next person is Councillor from Dunmore Town Council. Thank you. Uh, first of all, uh, I'd like to make it plain that I am speaking here today in my capacity as the Deputy Mayor of Great Dunmow and on behalf of Great Dunmow Town Council. Um, I'd like to start uh, my, my points with a reference to the refusal reason quoted on page 29 of the officer's report, and itemised in number one, and specifically the first sentence, which reads, the proposed development, due to its size and scale of built form, would result in the urbanisation of this sensitive rural location identified in the Great Dunmow neighbourhood plan as being of special merit. The Town Council strongly objects to this wording being used because it is not stated anywhere in the Great Dunmow neighbourhood plan that this specific area is identified as being of special merit or to it being a sensitive location. We therefore consider that sentence to be both inaccurate and erroneous. The location, as we've already heard, is adjacent to the water treatment works and close to the town's industrial estates. The neighbourhood plan is covered in our submission of the 18th of March 2020, where the relevance of the policies on the Chelmer Valley and wildlife corridors is explained. Policy E1 supports new employment land and stipulates that it should be easily accessible and well connected to the town development area, which is true of this application. And we have verified this position with uh, one of our town councillors, Councillor John Davey, who was the chair of the neighbourhood plan steering group that delivered the Great Dunmow neighbourhood plan and he remains a town councillor to this day and, is, and supports our, our position. The second point that I'd like to refer to has all, again has slightly been covered already, but uh, you've heard from uh, Karen Denmark that unfortunately the Great Dunmow Town Council comments of the 18th of March were not um, included, were omitted from the officer's report in error. We would therefore like to make it clear to the members of the committee that you should take full account of the 10 points itemised in that uh, representation from Great Dunmow and that those points have not been considered by the officer in the development of the report because they were not taken into account. Uh, we consider that to be important and we consider those 10 points to be relevant and we would like to ensure that you take them into account. And my final state uh, uh, point relates to um, the interpretation, the officer's interpretation in paragraph 11.4 of the report. The officer's explanatory note states, whilst the application relates in part to the provision of a refuse lorry depot, as noted above, a letter of objection to the 
proposal has been received from the Uttlesford District Council Facilities Management Services and Hales Farm. The Uttlesford District Council section that has objected to the proposal is the department responsible for the running of the refuse lorry depots currently in existence in the district. In light of the objection, the officer has taken the view that any potential benefits arising from this element of the proposal is no longer appropriate to be considered in the planning balance. The town council has a different interpretation and expects the employment benefits and merits of the locate of relocation from an unsuitable area to be included in the planning balance. It is fine for people to have views. I have my own views. It should not change the, uh, the contents of the report. In determining any planning application, the future use is as described in the application details and master plan. Objectors cannot change the proposed use and no reasons have been given by the objector as to why they would not or could not use the refuse vehicle depot should permission be granted for that purpose. Finally, I would just like to reiterate that this application has the unanimous support of Great Dunmo Town Council and the five district councillors representing Dunmo at Uttlesford District Council and I would strongly recommend it for approval. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor Lavelle. We now have um, Mr. David Wolfe, who's the applicant. You have to unmute yourself, Mr. Wolfe. No, you still need to unmute. That's it, you're there. Yes, we can hear you. Good afternoon, councillors, ladies and gentlemen. My name is David Wolfe. Thank you for this opportunity to let me address you. My family are fortunate to have lived in Dunmo, Great Dunmo to be precise, for 50 years. We bought Dunmo Park House and around 30 acres of land 40 years ago. Our home today is the garden house of Dunmo Park and is the nearest property to the proposed development site, separated by the old bypass, which was built 40 years ago. There was a screen of tall trees, 40 years old, on each side of the road and the cutting between our house and the site. The land in question is totally separate and apart from Dunmo Park. It has been set-aside land for 20 years and is not rolling pastures unlike the parkland west and north Dunmo Park. In recent years, nobody has been interested in farming our land. Please forgive me for bombarding you all with copies of my letter to Adrian Webb last week. I just wanted to give you the full background. Over the last 18 months, We've had many meetings with Adrian to discuss the purchase of my family's land for relocating the refuse lorry depot. In my view, these meetings have been honest and positive. They've resulted in Kia, on the council's behalf, providing us with detailed drawings on the specification for the refuse lorry depot part of the scheme. <clears throat> we are now awaiting 
Kakia to give us an estimated cost of the roundabout. In the light of all this activity between us and UDC, I respectfully claim that there are key statements and assertions in the letter of rejection from JB Planning that are both incorrect and totally misleading. The letter has been issued to protect their own interests, not those of the Council. There is no way the Council and Kia would have advised us and designed an undeliverable un un depot site. Our site is deliverable and immediately available. We are highly confident that a fair deal would be agreed between UDC and my family plus Chris Lawrence to sell the necessary land to UDC if you were to grant us planning approval. Therefore, the benefits that this part of the scheme will provide to the district should be applied to our scheme. Thank you for listening. Thank you very much, Mr. Wolf. And our last speaker for this application is Mr. Ian Butcher. Thank you. I hope you can hear me. Um, um, following you. on from David, uh, I'll start by outlining how proposals have sought to mitigate impacts, and then I'll set out the many significant benefits the scheme will provide the town and district. Having reviewed the officer's report, it appears that there is a fine balance, so it is important you hear our case. In relation to reducing impact on landscape and the impact on the setting of a heritage asset, proposals have included a number of measures to significantly reduce and mitigate impact. To summarise, the depot element of the scheme has been allocated in an area that provides the greatest degree of natural screening closest to the existing sewage treatment works and roundabout. Proposals have located the office and classic car business elements on lower lying land away from the river and away from the highest points in the site. These buildings have been designed in an agricultural style and to a scale that will not have an overbearing or dominant effect. The landscape strategy, which includes native woodland planting and landscape buffering, will reduce visual impact on the landscape and impact on the setting of the heritage assets over time. With particular reference to the setting of the heritage assets, it's important to stress the fact that the Dunmo bypass clearly cuts off and physically separates the application site from Dunmo Park. The conservation officer notes that the Dunmo bypass acts to sever the site, providing physical separation and an adjusted context. We consider that this separation significantly reduces any impact on its setting and therefore the degree of harm. I'll now discuss two beneficial heritage impacts. Firstly, you would have noted the presence of the World War II pillboxes along the Chelmer River edge. New and improved foot and cycle path connections will provide clear public benefit by increasing public accessibility and reconnecting the town to its World War II past and heritage, the importance of which would have been highlighted by the recent VE Day celebrations. From a historic environment point, there is clear public benefit in removing the Council's depot from the heart of the outstanding conservation of Great Dunmo, where an unsightly collection of structures affect much greater number of listed buildings and the character of the locality in general. Now I'll turn to the many significant benefits. The site itself is located on the edge of Dunmo, with excellent access to the strategic road network and the town. The officer's report notes there are limited brownfield sites in the district in paragraph 1132. It has been demonstrated that the site is sequentially closest suitable site to the town, a point not referenced in the officer's report. In addition, 
The site is located next to the existing sewage treatment works and in close proximity to the employment industrial areas on Chelmsford Road to the west. As the committee will be aware, paragraph 80 of the MPPF states that significant weight, and I stress significant weight, should be placed on the need to support economic growth and productivity. The scheme will clearly facilitate the relocation and improvement of the council's depot, depots in Saffron Warden, Newport and Dunmow. There is a desperate need to relocate the council's depots and a key priority to do so. With no other suitable alternative sites, approving this scheme gives the council the opportunity to finally resolve this long-standing matter. Relocating the depots will safeguard approximately 91 existing jobs within the district and provide a modern, fit-for-purpose, centralised facility in a sustainable location. The MPPF defines a deliverable site as one that is available now, which this site clearly is, offers a suitable location for development now, which we clearly are arguing is the case here, be achievable with a realistic prospect to be delivered within five years, which this planning application clearly demonstrates is the case. Relocation of the Council's depots is a key driver behind this scheme, so we strongly believe the benefits relating to this element of the scheme should be considered as part of the overall proposals. The scheme also proposes new high-quality flexible B-class office space. The flexible nature of this business space is particularly important. The current trend of larger businesses downsizing, looking for smaller high-quality premises due to changing working habits will only intensify as they adapt to the changing consequences of the current pandemic. It is estimated that, in addition to the number of temporary construction jobs, the new permanent jobs across the office and classic car business parts of the scheme. The number of jobs will mean the site will be a significant employment and business hub honed to new and emerging businesses in the district. This will address some of the district's significant economic needs. In addition to the jobs, the scheme will result in many millions of pounds being put into the local economy every year through salaries, local expenditure and increased business rates with council. As I'm sure we're all too aware, the economic fallout resulting from the current pandemic will have a long, lasting and significant adverse impact on the local economy. I'm sure we're all anxious about our jobs and our futures, so I don't think it's an exaggeration to suggest the economic benefit, significant economic benefits of this scheme are probably more important than ever. Moving to the proposed improvements to the walking and uh, cycle network, the proposals include extensive new and improved foot and cycle path connections. The first improvement will be to the existing section of public footpath between the Braintree Road and the Dunmo by- Bypass. It's fair to say this section is poorly maintained and very uninviting, and it is proposed this section will be significantly upgraded. If you walk through this section, you will come out at the Dunmo Bypass. You will have seen that there is only a grass verge along this section, not safe for pedestrians or cyclists. The scheme will provide a completely new foot and cycle path from this point to the newly proposed roundabout. Moving into the scheme, proposals include a new public car park. This will act as a focal point and encourage greater public access to the countryside, supporting walkers, dog walkers and local residents in general. From here, paths will open out onto the meadow and then lead to the proposed new bridge across the river. The bridge will reconnect the wider footpath and cycle path networks, including the much-valued uh, Saffron Trail and Flitch Way. In addition, the bridging point will provide direct public access to David Cock land on which the Woodland Community Project is located. Any security concerns can be dealt with by condition. It should be noted that proposals receive significant support from the Flens of Fritchway and the Flitchway Action Group. 
as we all sit in our homes, having been inside for approximately 10 weeks, I think we can all appreciate significant public benefit, improved access to nature and the countryside has on all of us. Uh, in terms of biodiversity benefits, proposed development provides a significant opportunity for habitat creation and diversification. New habitat will be created through measures including areas of proposed woodland, shrub, hedge planting, managed meadows and log piles. This will create a mosaic of new habitat. The overall effect to these measures will be to achieve significant biodiversity net gain, which will enhance local wildlife. Other benefits, we heard through community consultation that local residents are concerned about the safety of the junction of the Braintree Road and the Dunmo Bypass just north of the site. There have been a number of accidents and near misses at this junction. The proposed roundabout will act to slow and calm traffic moving north of the Dunmo Bypass, which has the potential to improve safety at this junction. Other speakers have articulated it better, but relocating the existing depots will greatly improve the lives and safety of those currently living in close proximity to the existing depots in three different towns in the district. This scheme will have no adverse impacts on public amenity and therefore no conflict with adjoining residents as is currently experienced at the existing depot sites. Finally, relocating these depots will allow the council to redevelop vacated sites for either capital or revenue projects, supplementing the council's no date no doubt, constrained finances. I'll just say a few points on how we've engaged and developed proposals, and then I'll finish with some summary points. And we engage with the UDC planners through pre-application process. As David set out in his statement, we have had detailed engagement with UDC facilities management services and senior executives at UDC over the design and layout of the depot. In terms of engaging the local community, we have undertaken significant consultation on proposals to garner local residents and their views. As is clear, the proposed development affords significant support from local residents, community groups, town councils and district councillors. It is unusual for a scheme to be presented to planning committee with this level of support. These are the people that know Dunmo intimately and want the best for the area they live in. We think this is a significant level of support is a clear message to the planning committee of the views of local residents. So in summary, Proposals have sought to reduce the impacts through a range of design and mitigation measures. Proposals will secure a range of significant economic, social and environmental public benefits for the town and the wider district. It is our view that the impacts are outweighed by the significant public benefits. The scheme has substantial, genuine political, local support, and I implore members to recognise the strong case and approve the scheme. Thank you for listening. Thank you very much, Mr Butcher. Um, I just need to crave indulgence of the committee and I must just I just need to step away from my desk for one moment. Okay, thank you. So I'll just adjourn for one one minute literally. Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 So, okay, Ben? Yeah. 
Thank you for that. Um, I'll open it up to the committee now, and it's Councillor Storer first. Thank you, Chair. What I want to say to you will only take a few minutes, members, but unfortunately, in order to justify that, I need to, um, I believe I must explain my reasoning. I'm going to uh, give you a reasonable job, but I'll be as brief as, as possible and humble request the tolerance of the chair in that respect. Whilst it will be apparent that I've uh, undertaken some background research, this was in order to aid my understanding of what is um, a very important issue, it strikes me, to both the town and the district as a whole. And, but that does not mean that I am predetermined. I have done my research and come to my conclusions. I've, uh, I've also studied a number a range of documents and listened intently to what's been said by all parties this afternoon. So I start with some technical considerations, which then enable me to summarise my findings and reach a conclusion. Members, you may or may not agree with me with what I'm going to say, uh, but do please consider it carefully and then determine what you think about my conclusion, the extent to which you agree with it or not. There are two development plans which relate to this site and are in force. One is the Ottlesford local plan. Um, paragraph 11 of the National Planning Policy Framework, which you'll know is a material consideration, refers to a presumption in favour of sustainable development. And for decision taking, that means where there are no relevant development plan documents or the policies which are the most important for determining the application are out of date, granting permission, unless one of two criteria apply, and I'm going to come back to those. Now, the land allocation policies in the local plan covered the period to 2011. That's because it had to comply uh, with the structure plan and the local plan could not look beyond that date. The relevant local plan policy is E1, which relates to the distribution of employment land, makes provision for commercial uses that are subject of this proposal. Now, what that means, given what I've just said, is that the policy which is the most important for determining this application is out of date such that the tilted balance comes into play. Now, I'm going to go back to the first of the two criteria I referred to, and it says that permission should be granted unless the application of policies in the framework that protect areas or assets of particular importance provide a clear reason for refusing the, de the development proposed. There Relevant policies in the framework relate to matters only one of which is relevant, that being the designated heritage asset that is Dunmore Park, a grade two listed building to the north of Braintree Road. The site which is the subject of this application once formed part of the grounds of the house, although according to the county's built heritage consultant, it has since been severed, as we've already heard from the house 
by the construction of what is now the B1256 Braintree Road. The consultant was unable to support the application as it would, and I quote, result in harm to the setting of a designated heritage asset, but that for the purposes of planning, the level of harm is considered less than substantial. And paragraph 196 of the, frame, of the framework states, redevelopment proposal will lead to less than substantial harm to the significance of a designated heritage asset. That harm should be weighed against the public benefits of the proposal. So what will be the harm of the proposed development on this designated heritage asset? Consultant will be of the opinion, was of the opinion that the development of this spread and scale with urban features such as external lighting, associated signage, parking will have a negative impact upon the rural setting and its environment and concluded that the proposals will be incongruous with the open setting of Dunmore Park and will result in the setting of, and result in harm, sorry, to the setting of a designated heritage asset. So, do the consultants' views provide the necessary clear reason for refusing permission? Let's see. The case officer's report acknowledges that the submitted archaeological death-based assessment states Whilst the site is located within the former estate boundary, it is separated from the house by the B1256. And there is no direct line of sight between the listed building and the site. So given that, is it reasonable to accept that the fact that the site is within what was once the grounds of the listed building, sufficient to refuse permission when you can't see one from the other? Member surely that the answer to that must be no. It's most definitely not a clear reason to refuse permission. And that second criterion in the tilted balance requires that plan permission should be granted unless any adverse impacts of doing so would significantly and demonstrably outweigh the benefits when assessed against the policies of the framework taken as a whole. So what are the adverse impacts? Of granting permission, what will be the benefits of granting permission, and would those adverse impacts significantly and demonstrably outweigh the benefits? The landscape consultant's analysis identified that the development would harm a valued landscape, as identified in the framework. But as I've just explained, a valued landscape is not one of the matters scheduled in the framework as being of relevance in that first criteria of the tilted balance. Furthermore, the great Dunmore neighbourhood plan policy, the Chelmer Valley, which I'm going to come on to, is part of the development plan, whereas the framework is only a material consideration, but nonetheless important. I would suggest that the neighbourhood plan policy, which deals specifically with this area, is of far greater importance than is the framework. As I've already pointed out in response to the heritage consultant's concerns, there is no direct line of sight between the listed building and the site. So the only way to see both would be from an elevated position, which would also clearly show the B1256, which cuts across what was once the grounds. So will the development harm the setting of Dunmore Park? 
surely not given the presence of that main road, which was built as the Dunmore Bypass and part of the A120, which Mr. Wolf told us a short time ago was 40 years ago. What does policy S7, the countryside, say? It says local plan policy S7. The final sentence states, development will only be permitted if its appearance protects or enhances the particular character of the part of the countryside within which it is set. Or there are special reasons why the development in the form proposed needs to be there. Members, I consider that the proposed development does indeed need to be there, as distinct from anywhere else, for the following reasons. One, the site is close to existing industrial estates and the water treatment plant. It will provide light industrial units close to existing industrial estates, and it would facilitate public access, parking area and footbridge over the river to improve access to this large area of public open space a newly created woodland plantation. It would meet the needs, be available to the whole community. And the, that need is therefore not a is therefore a consequence of what may be considered to be special reasons. Therefore, in my view, this development is in fact fully in accordance with policy S7 and not contrary to it at all. Turning now to what the landscape officer said. That is, you've already heard some of these, my apologies for that. The proposed development would have a significant detrimental impact on the bucolic character of the site and its relationship with the broader landscape. I too, Karen's the day, had to get my dictionary out. We are of the same stock. The open countryside east of the B1256 significantly contributes to the historic setting of Dunmore Park to the west and the proposed development would constitute a significant and detrimental visual intrusion into the open countryside. My view is that those three statements are effectively overridden and therefore dismissed by the cases I've put forward with regard to that made by the heritage consultant and compliance with policy S7. So do any remaining vestiges of these adverse impacts significantly and demonstrably outweigh the benefits of the scheme, which are to quote points one, two, four, and five in para eight, one of the case officer's report. The urgent need to relocate the UDC refuse depot to benefit the immunity of existing neighboring residents, to reduce town center congestion, to provide industrial units close to existing industrial estates and to provide improved access to parking for the large area of open space. Members, I don't believe that they do. To my mind, the converse applies, but you must determine whether or not you agree. Turning now to the other development plan, the Great Dunmore Neighbourhood Plan, made in December 2016. It features two relevant policies. They are LS3, LS, sorry, LSC3, the Chelmer Valley. That states, amongst other things, planning permission will be refused for proposals that adversely affect the character, the floodplain function, and the associated open spaces in the Chelmer Valley. But it goes on to say, 
exceptions may be made for the undertaking of essential utility works and other development related to or compatible with the open space and recreational uses of the valley subject to a clear demonstration of benefits outweighing the harm. So there are scope for exceptions. The proposed development is quite clearly related to the open space and recreational use by providing both access to and parking for it, hence enabling its enjoyment by the public. The case officer report sets out the benefits of the proposed development, as I've already summarised. Those benefits reflect the views of Great Dunmore Town Council, and I do not disagree with them. I've already intimated potential harm, which is that relating to impact upon a designated heritage site, the statements made by the landscape officer, it's arguably being contrary to S7, the countryside, and the landscape consultant's analysis of it as a valued landscape. I believe I've also shown that any potential harm is either acceptable in planning policy terms or very much outweighed by the potential benefits of the proposed development, that it, despite it being within the Chelmer Valley, which is the subject to a very strong neighbourhood plan policy, which protects it. So I consider that the proposed development complies with that policy. Second neighbourhood plan policy is E1 employment land. That states the development of land and premises to provide employment opportunities will be supported and encouraged subject to adherence to other policies in this plan employment land being easily accessible and well connected to the town development area and not being detrimental sorry not being detrimental to the visual and or environmental character and immunity of the area the policy does not specify whether any or all of the criteria must be met so i assume that it's all agree that the development complies with the Chelmer Valley policy, then the first criterion is met. I consider that the site is easily accessible and well connected to the town development area, so that such that the second criterion is met, you may agree or disagree. With regard to the third criterion, the proposed development would involve building commercial units upon what is currently open countryside. Those buildings are not going to win any design awards, and I cannot claim that they would not be detrimental to the visual and or environmental character and immunity of the area. But given the remainder of the points I've raised, I think that it would be unfortunate to say at the very least, if that were to prove to be a showstopper. The landscape officer states, paragraph 914 of the report, landscape mitigation by the planting of tree belts and hedging cannot address the impact of the proposed development on the existing open nature of the site and its contribution to the wider landscape. The proposed development will constitute a significant and detrimental visual intrusion into the open countryside. That may well be true, but if the existing water treatment works wasn't there, what would the officer say about that being proposed? I suspect that the answer would be yes, from which I would argue that it's possible to minimise the impact 
to what through time would be an acceptable level. Members, if you're willing to accept that argument, then the development complies with policy E1. And you'd be thrilled to know that I've got to the summary point now. So, where are we? The local plan, the most important policy for determining the application, which is policy E1, distribution of employment land, is out of date. So the tilted balance comes into play. That means that plan permission sh should be granted unless, firstly, the application of policies in the framework that protect areas or assets of particular importance provide a clear reason for refusing the development proposed. The site was once within the former estate boundary of the designated heritage asset, the asset that is Dunmore Park. It is now separated from the house by the B1256 there is no direct line of sight between the list of building and the site. So I consider that is definitely not a clear reason to refuse permission. The tilted balance also required that, um, if, that second, if that first criteria doesn't apply, planning permission should be granted unless any adverse impacts of doing so would significantly and demonstrably outweigh the benefits. I know you know that. I've shown, at least to my satisfaction, that the adverse impacts of the development suggested by the landscape consultant's reference to a valued landscape, the heritage consultant's concerns relating to the harm to the setting of a designated heritage asset, and the landscape officer's views are of no real substance in this context, and that the proposed development is not contrary to policy S7, the countryside, Quite the opposite, in fact, it's in accordance with it. All of which means that the potential adverse impacts of the proposed development do not significantly and demonstrably outweigh the benefits of the scheme, which I've outlined and are listed in the case officer's report. So turning now to the neighbourhood plan policies, no, which are not a... Councillor Stora. Um, could you conclude, do you think? Yes, in 15 seconds. Right. Before your phone rings next time. <laughs> the development complies with the neighbourhood plan policy LSC3, the Chelmer Valley. If you agree that it is related to the open space and recreational uses of the valley, subject to a clear demonstration of benefits outweighing the harm by providing both access to and parking for the existing open space and recreational use. If you agree with that, then you also agree that it complies with the first criteria of E1. If you accept that the site is easily accessible and well connected to the town development area, then you accept criterion two. I cannot, I would not try to claim that the development would not be detrimental to the visual and amenity of the area, and hence contrary to the third criteria. But I would argue that like what has been done with the adjacent water treatment works, the impact of that could be significantly minimised. Chairman, thank you so much for your time. May I conclude by, when the time is right, because there will be plenty of other speakers, I'm sure, uh, proposing that this application is uh, approved for reasons which I will happy to put forward to Mr Brown in the fullness of time. Thank you so much for your indulgence. All right. Thank you very much, Councillor Stora. Councillor Fairhurst, if there's anything else left to say. 
Thank you, Madam it's, um, Chair. It's a pleasure to follow um, Councillor Stora on this. He sounds almost like a lawyer. Um, the, it's, an, it's a very interesting case. And I must tell you that to a certain extent, I was torn because it's in the countryside and I have a, a proclivity for countryside. And we, when we deal with any application in the countryside, we should be doubly on our guard. I'm not going to go through all the details, but there are a number of red herrings here um, which seem quite logical. Um, the one being that there's another development and this is better than that one and all sorts of things. Um, we are strictly tied to planning considerations. And comparative sites is simply not a consideration that we can consider. That's out of it. Um, so when you look at the town council, and the fact that the town council and parish councils are in support of this is... Um, so it's a good thing that they do support, but the two issues they raise um, with regard to access to the, the country itself um, and, and the fact that it's, it creates a light industrial space and jobs are relevant planning considerations. Um, we should also be mindful of the police um, um, opposition in terms of security, and we should also consider, of course, um, the fact that, that, that the environmental issues were raised. It is not inconsiderable that our landscape officer has an opinion. That's why we have him, and we do listen to him. Although he's persuasive, he's not definitive. We have to put all that into that balance that we look at. And we have to say, as Alan has pointed out very clearly to us, does this outweigh the benefit in simple terms? This is a site that has ready access. It's close to industrial, uh, industrial sites already. It's within um, a visual distance of the waste treatment plant. So it is accessible, highly accessible to the process. Um, I'm all for creating jobs. 108 jobs is a lot of jobs. Um, I also don't believe that a classic car institution or storage facility is irrelevant. Um, it's a very good job for us to pursue in this area. Um, and so I would certainly be mindful to second Councillor Storer's proposition to, uh, to approve this plan. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor Fairhurst. Councillor LeCount. No, you can't hear you. Got to, got to unmute. Do that a second. There we are. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Okay. Actually... <laughs> I come from the media business or the movie business or the record business and they say never follow a genius, a child or an animal. And I have to say I've just, I've just followed, um, actually of 41 in between, I've just followed a genius in, in Alan Stora. I have nothing more to add. I really have nothing more to add. And I really, unfortunately, I'd love to have second this application and to approve. So I'm not going to waste your time anymore and say, I'm with approval. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, you, Chair. Councillor the Count. Um, Councillor Lemon. Uh, yes, I, I have one question, actually. Uh, I'm, I'm agreeing with most of what has been said. But my question is, when will the site of the refuse lorry depot be large enough to cope with the future um, increase in housing in the area? You know, is it going to, if we're going to do this, it, does, does anybody know that it will be the right size to cope for the job in, in the future? Karen? You're not. You're, you're still muted. 
Sorry, my mouse took on sleep. Um, I believe it was designed to the specifications um, equal to the council's own planning application, okay. which also incorporated um, natural growth of the district in line with development plan, um, with the uh, new local plan growth, projected growth. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor. Is that, is that it, Councillor Lemon? Thank you. Um, Councillor Pavitt. Thank you, Chair. It was just a broad observation. That is, my understanding is that we have to assess his application in isolation on its own merits and not with the presumption that it's going to be used by UDC. Um, so, you know, my, I'm looking at thinking, is it a reasonable site? Uh, is the employment value, you know, there? Um, and in the light of the support given to it from the town council and from all the you know, supporting members, council members, it would seem like, um, to use that horrible phrase, a slam dunk. Um, so long as the town council and the other councillors are not putting all their bets on the town, on UDC using it as a depot, because my understanding also is that the other site could be appealed um, I might end up as UDC's refuse depot. Um, so, you know, it has to be assessed on the basis of its own merits. Is it a good site for employment? Um, and I think, well, the, the, the 1256 is a logical development boundary, but logic seems to go out of the window very often in these things, and it would seem to be a, a well-thought-through uh, proposition so long as it's not all resting on using part of it as a lorry depot. Yes, well, well said, Councillor Pavitt. Um, Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Well, I've... Oh. Uh, yes. Yep. Yep. Um, well, I've tried to look at this. I haven't looked at the one in Dunmore because this is the application before us and everyone on its merits, as we're always told. Um, but I'm just wondering, I was looking at the uh, recommendation for refusal. I'm looking at the second paragraph. Uh, it says the proposals found to provide a mechanism to deliver infrastructure improvements required in respect to the proposed development. In the absence, in the absence, abscess, in the absence of any legal agreement to address the requirements to carry out improvements to highway infrastructure and for the monitoring of a staff travel plan, the application fails to fully mitigate the impacts of the development contrary to policies. Uh, and then it goes on to quote all these policies. Is it possible that we could use a 106 to get some of those into the conditions so that we would have an improvement? In, in the uh, infrastructure. Uh, Mr. Brown may be able to tell us that. Sorry, let you finish. <laughs> the other thing I'm concerned about, although I said I won't mention the other site, I am concerned that perhaps this one will get permission and the other one will still be in use. So in which case it's a rock and a hard place because there'll be then be two. So is there any way that we can ensure that that doesn't happen? But I'm more in, in um, you know, I'd like to know about paragraph two, if we can get some improvements, please. 
Just to answer Councillor Lachlan's question, just a direct question. Yes, you could do a 106, but if, it, if it's all right with you, once we've gone through the debate and we start looking at the proposal, is it all right if I come back? But yes, you can do all that by 106, is the answer to the question. Um, would you recommend that was done? Yeah, we worry about that. I can worry about what that mechanism can be, yeah. Okay. I just want to wait for everyone to, to talk first and then I can mop stuff up. Yeah, thank you. Mike. Thank and you, um, Councillor Capon. Oh, sorry, sorry, Councillor Lockley, you hadn't finished. I haven't answered my second point, and I don't know who will answer that. No. That we will land up with two yeah. depots, one that obviously isn't wanted, and one that obviously is. So we want to make sure that it isn't to the detriment of Dunmore. I can answer that question when I when I mop up. So I'm parking that question until everyone else is, has spoken. Point of order, Madam Chairman, if I may. The first thing is we only have to consider planning issues, not which is the best site. The second thing is we've been discussing this for 90 minutes now, and I move that the matter goes to a vote. Can I, I therefore no, my part? Sorry. Can I therefore Not second part? point of Members order. Can I come in uh, with... Well, yes. Mr Chairman, do you want me to let, let, let Councillor Reeve speak? Yes. Let's do Councillor Reeve, because you might yeah. have another suggestion for something. I'll, yes. Yeah, I'll make it very, very brief. Supposing, I'm minded to support this proposal, but supposing it is supported, uh, could we um, uh, get some uh, PV panels on the roofs of all these big new industrial buildings? I think that's a good end. Right, so... I don't know where... I don't know um, because it's not included in the application, and okay. I know that's sub subject to approval or best endeavours or whatever. In that case, Chairman, do you, Chairman, do you want me to come back in again now? No, yes. First of all, to advise members, if members want to approve this application, we do need a reason why you're approving it and why you're going to get the office of recommendation. It's not being awkward. That's what you need to do. Second issue, I would suggest that I do not want to make planning conditions up on the hoof. So if members are resolving to approve this, you have resolved to approve it, but we'll have to bring the conditions back. Picking up Councillor Lachlan's point, which is a very valid point, I need to know what part of the benefit you're thinking is driving it. So if you think that it's the depot, if you think it's that, you're going to say all, but... <laughs> Some of it are better than others. I, I, if you split the site into, into five bits, you've got the depot, the proposed depot, you've got the proposed flexible units, you've got the proposed classic cars, you've got the mitigation to the rows, etc., etc., and you've also got the access to the open space. That is part of the proposal. That's the proposal. So you have got within your power for a Section 106 potentially. Section 106, what I would suggest you do, is to make sure things happen in the right order. So if you are making this decision, and I'm only, because we haven't heard what particular part of the benefit is driving it, if it, one particular benefit is driving it, if you think the depot is driving it, irrespective of the council's lack of interest or lack of interest in it, if you think it is driving, you can set up a phasing, but you can't do that bit until you've done that bit. And so so if you think the, the, the depot is the driver, you can say that you can't do any of the further developments until the depot comes forward. Or if you think the flexible units, it's, that is within your gift as well. If you think, if you're not so concerned about this, then you can just approve the whole thing and you'll, you'll get bits of it, but you may not get the depot. Picking up Councillor Lachlan's point, I've got absolutely no guarantee that you'll have a depot here. 
and you won't have a depot in the centre of Dumbo. There is absolutely no guarantee because that's not part of the proposal. Had we been part of the proposal, then there would have been potentially, you can have a 106 that relates to two sites, which means within, you know, once you've done this, you have to vacate that. That's not within our gift because the app, because Uttersford is not part of that application. That's the only thing I would suggest is that we, so we cannot guarantee that bit. Right. Trying to get my head around this now. Um, so, like, I think we would, I think, and members will correct, will obviously come in and say, I think we would want to have, what was it you said, Nigel, different parts to come in at different times, yes? I think. Yes. Yes. I just don't want to leave members on what they think is most important. That's yes. the who I'm suggesting. Yes. Well, I think the most, <laughs> most important, so it's, it's, it's either staged or whatever, so yep. certain things are. So what... So can, can we take those hands down that we had and then possibly put them back up? As I was suggesting you need to go back to the proposal first yes. in terms of Councillor Stora. Councillor Stora. Yeah. Councillor Stora. Thank you. Just trying to unmute myself. It strikes me that the driving force behind this is the provision of the refuse depot. Um, members may or may not agree, and the, um, to my mind, the um, facilities, the in improved access to the recreational facility is a means by which to overcome um, some of the neighbourhood plan policies, basically. And that, that was the thrust of it, insofar as I was concerned. They are I'm satisfied that I was that the development does comply policy when you look at it in those terms, so they're integral. But they're only a reason for all the eight policy. But the driving force must be the refuse depot. And hence logic would suggest that that should be um, delivered first, if that's possible. So if it's not delivered that does that mean then if that's not delivered nothing else gets delivered sorry nigel can't no is pick up what members resolution is don't worry you don't have to necessarily make it on the hoof today right. because what will happen is we will bring back to you the conditions and the heads of terms of the section 106 because obviously there's going to be some negotiations to start with um, to bring that back to you. It won't be the next meeting because we're fortnightly, so it's likely to be the, the, the second middle one in the middle of June. So to bring back to you what that phasing is, I just want to know what I'm taking away. And if you're not if you're not in favour of phasing, you're not in favour of phasing. But I, I would suggest that, you know, picking up some of the speakers, because we haven't really got into the detail of what benefits are trumping up the benefits, or if it's the whole package or whatever, or if parts of the package are not necessarily a benefit, and if you only have that, then the, the, you're not gaining, the, the community is not necessarily gaining. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Councillor Bagnall. Thank you, Chair. Um, could I ask that we consider uh, noise and light pollution? So clearly there's going to be additional noise and light pollution. So um, as part of our conditioning, could we make sure that we have the relevant plans in place to mitigate any noise and light pollution? 
Uh, and I'm assuming when we have a vote later, if we're minded to approve it, it's going to be subject to the S106 agreement, Nigel? That's yes and yes to both those questions. The first question, the, it's the a lot of the complicated bits that we need to get a grip on that we don't want to do on the hoof is the biodiversity mitigation issues, including lighting and stuff like that. So yes, yes and yes to both those questions. Thank you. Um, Councillor Reeve. Thank you, Chair. Uh, I wasn't quite sure of the purpose of the question from um, uh, Nigel, because he was saying, talking about sequencing, and so what's m most important, but I wasn't sure if you meant in which order they should be done or uh, the importance to the uh, application. I'll be, and I'll go with uh, the employment opportunity. Right, so employment opportunity. Okay, right. Um, Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Madam Chairman. I think what Nigel is trying to do is establish a delegation to him and what he's got to do. Um, he's in a fortunate position that he can go away now and work on the 106s and, and take guidance from us in terms of the sequence and also work on a comprehensive understanding of what Councillor Sorok set forward to us very clearly. Um, in terms of sequence, I think that Councillor Reeve is correct. Um, you always ask for the mitigating factors if you can get them first before you, you give uh, accept, uh, accept the, the depot. So I would say the jobs come first, the parking and access comes as, is more important for us than uh, um, incurring the damage, um, if you want to have a sequence. But at the end of the day, it's, the, the depot is by far the larger investment. And uh, so, of course, they'll get us to the parking stuff cleared away before they will start, start building a depot. Um, in terms of, I would just simply say that as a, as a group, we, we delegate the officer to go away and compile a comprehensive 106 that protects the biodiversity, protects our sequence, and protects... Nigel? I'm not asking for it to be delegated because <laughs> it needs to come back to you um, yes. in terms of that. But I think what we can do, we can look at the issues about um, the sequence of events. I don't mean the conditions are necessarily going to be a problem. And I think picking up the reasons, I think Councillor Storer has given you the longest reason ever for overturning an application. And I think the reason's in there because it was a complete balance. But it didn't necessarily have to be as long as that, but that is as comprehensive as you could get. I don't think, think Councillor Fair has meant to delegate. No, I know. It's, it's, it's but, delegate to come up with it to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, oh, Councillor LeCount. Sorry. Yep. Yes, Councillor LeCount. Let's go to a vote. Yeah. To a vote. Yes. Let's go to a vote. Yes, absolutely. So, um, we it was proposed by Councillor Stora. Seconded by Councillor Fairhurst um, to approve this application. All those in favour. Excuse me, Madam Chair, we do need to call the register again. The, Agreed. Yeah. The proposal before us is to approve the application against uh, recommendation. Can us. Uh, can you confirm that, please, for the purposes of the audio? Sorry, record? point of order, Madam Chairman, is to approve your application subject to a comprehensive 106 coming back to this. Yes. Yes, yeah. Councillor Fairs is just taking words out of my mouth. It's exactly yeah. what I was just going to say, and the necessary conditions. Yes. Did you get that, Elizabeth? Should we say yeah. it? Yes. 
Again, right. recommendations, yes. So, now you are please. Councillor Merrifield. Approve. Councillor Lemon. Approve. Councillor Lachlan. Approve. Councillor Sutton. Approve. <coughs> Councillor LeCount. You've got to say something to like... I hear you, Councillor LeCount. Unmute. Um, yes, I approve. Thank you. Councillor Stora. Approve. Councillor Caton. Councillor Reed. Approve. Councillor Pavitt. Approve. Councillor Bagnall. Approve. Councillor Friedman. Councillor Fairhurst. He's frozen. Oh dear. Councillor Fairhurst, are you all right? He's frozen. Oh, oh, there you are. Do it again. Thank you. You froze, Councillor Fairhurst. That is, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven to approve and one against. Thank you very much. Um, do we need to take a five-minute break? Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Um, five, five so five, five minutes, and then we'll back, and then hopefully we'll be quick. Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Welcome back everybody and last um, two applications for this afternoon. UTT 20 
0707HHF6 Farmadine in Safra Malden. And um, presenting this application is Avianos Viakos. Thank you. Over to you. Thank you, Madam Chair. Yeah. Uh, before I start, if I may, I can see Councillor Day is pending approval to get into the meeting. Councillor Day? No. So he um, has left the meeting and has just been put in the waiting room. Right. I imagine he has just not closed Zoom down yet. Yeah, okay. Uh, let me just share the screen. Right, we can start. Let me just uh, say that this uh, this case is only in front of you because uh, the applicant is related to a UDC employee. And this is a householder application for a single-story air extension and matching materials within the development limits in Farmadine, Saffron Walden. Um, the site comprises a, a two-story detached dwelling. has benefited from minor ex extensions in the past. The dwelling is close to a listed building uh, just across the street, 46 Farmadine House, a grade two listed building. Uh, and approximately 30 meters away from uh, the Southern Walden Conservation Area. You can see uh, the proposal on the highlighted parts, the yellow highlighted parts in this slide. Uh, before moving to the planning considerations of the case, uh, I'll be very brief. Let me state that the Parish Council has raised no objection to this application and also that we consulted nine uh, neighbouring occupiers receiving no responses at all from them. Uh, the proposal will amount to a modest increase in the footprint of the original dwelling, and it will be in keeping with the character and appearance of the area and of the original building. The proposal will not be visible from the main road, um, and it will not harm the set, and therefore it will not harm the setting of the, the neighbouring uh, listed building. Uh, no harm is expected for the conservation area as well, uh, due to the proposal's distance from its boundaries. The proposal will not harm the residential amenity of any neighbouring occupiers due to its small-scale nature and the existing boundary fences. The proposal will not harm existing parking arrangements. And this is the proposed plan. You can see the proposal here. It's uh, 3 metres by 4.8 metres. Um, Overall, the proposal is considered acceptable as it complies with all relevant ULP policies, local plan policies, sorry, uh, S1, uh, H8, NV2, Gen2, Gen8, and the NPPF. Uh, and it's recommended for approval with a standard time limit condition for the development to be begun. Uh, on a final note, I did not visit the site, I should make that clear, uh, due to the national pandemic emergency. Uh, but I got photographs from the agent covering all all aspects of the uh, all aspects of the, um, the the property. Thank you. If I can, if there are any questions or any clarifications needed, um, I forgot to mention actually that from yesterday's briefing there was a question from a gentleman. I don't remember who was that. Who, who was that councillor? Past me, but I double checked the planning history of the, of the site, and there, there is no uh, retrospective application for the site. 
There's only a 1988 uh, extension, that, which was uh, conditionally approved. Uh, and also in 1966, uh, addition uh, to form a new garage to the property. It's probably, this is, this is probably the 1966 addition, and this is the um, 1988 extension. So uh, these were taken into account as well, and still uh, a proposal subservient to the original dwelling and to the established 3C. Thank you very much indeed. Um, I will pass that over to, to oh, we've got some more pictures. Sorry, you haven't. Yeah, sorry, I forgot the pictures. Yes, All right, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I only have these three pictures. That's the front elevation today. That's the rear elevation to the west. This is where the extension is going to be, uh, is going to take place. There's no harm to the neighbors from this side, uh, and of course, the other side. Uh, and you can see the neighboring property on this side here more clearly. So it's not going to make any, uh, it's not going to have any adverse impact on their uh, residential amenity. So uh, if you have, if you need any clarifications or if you have any questions, I'll be happy to answer. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Um, seeing as it does not harm the conservation area or the amenities, um, it has no ad adverse effect on the neighbours, I would be happy to, to uh, uh, propose that this is approved as stands. And I'm happy to second that, Madam Chairman. Thank you very much. Um, and since nobody else has got the blue hand up, I will take that to our vote. So, proposed right. by... Yeah. Now, Elizabeth. Right then, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Councillor Merrifield. Um, do we need to say who, who proposed and who seconded there? I've got a note of that. It's uh, proposed by Councillor Fairhurst, seconded by Councillor Freeman. No further comments from members, so we can proceed to a vote. Yes, thank you. Well then, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Councillor Merrifield. Approve. Councillor Lemon. Approve. Councillor Lachlan. Approve. Councillor Sutton. Approve. Councillor LeCount. Councillor LeCount. Didn't come through, Councillor LeCount. Is that an approval? Yes. Yes, right. it is. Councillor Stora. Approve. Councillor Caton. Approve. Councillor Reeve. Approve. Councillor Pavitt. Councillor Pavitt. Are you okay? Approve. Approve. Thank you. Councillor Bagnall. Approve and a point of order. I think uh, Councillor LeCount needs to say that he approves. Otherwise, there's no point doing this at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you approved. 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 Thank you, Councillor LeCount. Uh, Councillor Freeman? Approve. Councillor Fairhurst? Approved. Thank you. That's approved unanimously, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. Thank you very much, Councillor Bagnall. I was going to wait till the end and then get him to do it again. <laughs> thank you. Um, so, moving on, thank you very much. And um, we are you doing? Who's doing the next one? Are you doing the next one? I'm doing this one. Yeah, doing one. Okay, right. Thank you, Nigel. 
Um, this is exactly the same site um, and with us for exactly the same reason. It's a member of a member is a spouse of a member of staff has put the application in. This is for the felling of a TPO tree. Um, if members refer to their report, um, you may have just got a glimpse of it with Averinos' a, a um, presentation. It's the middle one of the three pine trees between the, between the two properties. It is a group. The pine trees are a group TPO. So the individual tree wasn't necessarily TPO, it's the group. And it's probably the runt of the pine trees, unfortunately. You see it's been suppressed by the rest of them. It's in a bad shape. So therefore, the, the tree officer has absolutely no objection with its removal. It's all very sad, but unfortunately, it's, it's the tree that's lost amongst the group. But it's, there is no need. The tree doesn't have to be removed for the extension. It's just they've applied for the TPO requirement because the tree's in, in a bit of a bad state. And, and that's how tree officer's his recommendation is, is to raise no objection to and to approve the felling of that tree. Thank you very much, Nigel. I'm just going to say the number because we didn't actually, just for the records on the broadcast, I'll just say it. This is UTT 20 0552 TPO and 6 Farmadine in Saffron Walden. Thank you. So, um, Councillor Freeman. No, can't hear you. Have to... I'm happy to propose approval, Madam Chairman. Thank you very much. And Councillor Bagnall? Happy to second that proposal. Thank you very much. So over to you, Elizabeth. Once more, ladies and gentlemen, um, proposal from Councillor Freeman to approve, seconded by Councillor Bagnall. If we can go through the register, ladies and gentlemen, and I do need to hear you all, Councillor LeCount. Uh, first of all, Councillor Merrifield. Approve. Councillor Lemon. Approve. Councillor Lachlan. Approve. Councillor Sutton? Approve. Councillor LeCount, please? No, didn't hear you. For God's sake. I did hear a noise. Yeah, I hear that. Approved. Approved. Thank you. <laughs> Councillor Stora? Approved. Councillor Caton? Approved. Councillor Reeve? Approved. Councillor Pavitt? Approved. Councillor Bagnall? Approve. Councillor Freeman? Approve. Councillor Fairhurst? Abstain. Thank you. Okay. So that is uh, 11 in favour of approving the application with one abstention. All right. Thank you very much, everybody. Nigel, can you tell me the date of the next meeting i know it's two weeks time but I'm oh, just... i don't really want to talk about the next meeting but yeah the next, <laughs> the next, the next meeting is the third of june and yes. so i do we'll do briefing on the first of june first second yeah sorry the briefing will be on the second and committee will be on the third yeah thank you and very. i would anticipate this is karen's last meeting before we break madam chair Yes. Is Alice's last meeting, so perhaps you might like to say a few words to him on behalf of the committee? <laughs> yes, I would do. Alistair, you have been an absolute star. Personally, you have kept me on the straight and narrow. You've helped me out. Um, you've got probably dug me out of a couple of holes at least a couple of times. Um, and... I'm sure everybody will join me in wishing you all the very, very best because you are going to be really sorely missed 
Surely you will be. But I'm sure you will do wonderful things in um, at Cambridge University and sort them all out and sort those stuffy professors out and goodness knows what else, you know. So um, well done and good luck in everything you do in the future. And hopefully you'll come back and see us when you... Um, uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Uh -huh. Is Karen gone? Yeah, well done. No, she's still there. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. So Karen, um, hopefully, you know, same to you. You have been an absolute star. You know, we know we, know we don't always agree with you, which has no doubt grated, grated intention on you. Um, but you, you do a wonderful job, and I am in awe of some of the stuff that you do. So, um, you know, good luck with the family and the new start and everything, because it'll be what a wonderful place to go with all the, you know, round and lots of new exciting things to do for you and your daughter and your husband and everything, you know. It'll be superb. Thank you. Yeah. Looking forward to that. <laughs> Thank you. Indeed, thanks very much. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Thank you. Okay, see you Cheerio, everybody. Bye.